All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us, and welcome back. And Bone. Episode 3. Today, Matthew and I conduct a thorough investigation of the later season of Berserk, comparatively to certain Marvel and DC characters. A lot of fun there. Uh, We travel on from that into a little bit of uh, UFC, MMA, classic MMA, fight, talk, um, and a little bit about the physiology of heavyweights. I think you guys are going to enjoy that. Um, We move on to some more socially critical um, content, talk about some we don't really single out one social group. It's more of just uh, the idea of committing to to social groups. Um, we have a lot of commentary on on that and religion and how they compare. You know, we talk about that. We talk about uh, the latest Bill Cosby news. What's up there? You know, and a series of other things that you wouldn't want to talk about on a first date. Um. We also make our way into some history. Uh, Matt provides us with a little insight on uh, the revolutionary uh, tactics of comic book creator William Gaines of EC Comics and his blatant disregard of the Comics Code Authority to print what he felt not only made a better comic, but allowed a comic to be a commentary on on the world, which is, you know, kind of a beautiful thing. And it it really is what ended up changing the face of what comics do. Instead of being just light, fun things, they, they became more of a, uh, more of a progressive medium for people to, to view commentary on, on social structures. Got a few interesting movies we go over. Talk about the uh, the adaptation of the uh, animated adaptation of the Killing Joke. I think you guys are gonna like what we have to say about that. And for everything else, I mean, sit tight and listen up. Back and Bone, episode three. Here we go. Enjoy the show. Turns all your bad feelings into good feelings. It's a nightmare. An Uzi. <laughs> I'm not from South Central, Los Fucking Angeles. I didn't come here to shoot 20 black 10-year-olds in a fucking drive-by. I want a normal gun for a normal person. Whatever you're reaching for better be a sandwich because you're going to have to eat it. You thought he was white before? You should see that second man. I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand. We are ready. Yeah, dig into that veggie platter. All right, so after a little bit of fiddling around, we've come to realize that for some very non-technical reason, you have to hold the microphone in uh-huh. your hand to get yeah. it to work. But we were ready for the technology. However, the technology was not ready for the Back and Bone podcast. But I hope you are, because you're here observing it. Back anyway, in Bone 3. Back in action. Back and Bone 3. Somebody's playing a deadly game, and it's up to Back and Bone to figure it out. Oh, is that a 
we doing are we doing uh, Pablo Francisco? That was, yeah, yeah, that was, that was definitely Pablo Francisco. Yeah. I was hoping they wouldn't notice it and they would think that it was my genius that well, produced that. You guys may not have noticed ditty. that, but uh, <laughs> nothing gets past me. I I have this one figured out. That's kind of the whole point of this podcast. You know, you have like two guys who are supposed to be fairly knowledgeable in uh, all things. Pretty much everything entertainment related. In, anything in the world that you can experience, <laughs> we are what you would call experts. In. Well, you know, we did have a comment here. I'm looking at the comments from our last podcast, and Thomas Ballesteri left us a very, very complimentary. I, I saw. I saw that he commented, and uh-huh. I, I didn't. Um, I didn't get a chance to read it because it just happened he, on my way here. He, uh, he said, "This is an awesome podcast, especially with two intellectuals as yourselves." Great understanding of fighting, and you guys have the voices to make a great podcast. Looking I, forward to more episodes. I thought he was going to say, you guys have the voices of an angel. Right? I was ready <laughs> for that. It sounded like it was going that direction. <laughs> Two you intellectuals know, with the voice, the combined voice of an angel. I never thought of myself as an intellectual before, but now that I think about it, I am pretty fucking smart. I mean, I'm, I'm other than you, I <laughs> am probably the smartest guy I know. Uh... Behind yeah. you, behind behind me. <laughs> you know that's a that's a bold compliment. But to be honest, I don't really know a lot of smart people. So, and I don't think um, you do either. No, uh, we know lots of smart people. We know lots of people who are smarter than us. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a genius. You're probably incredibly smart. If you manage to somehow weed through all the garbage on the internet and found uh-huh. your way. To us, yes. to listen to what we have to say about the world. I mean, just based off what you're learning today, you're definitely smarter than ninety percent of people out there. <laughs> yeah, you don't. If you're listening to this, drop that schooling that you're doing. You don't need a master's degree. We can give you a master's degree in um, nonsense. Yes. So that's a perfect way of putting it. That was a, that was a brief interjection by my mother. I want to welcome. Uh, Sherry Catron, or Sherry Ligon, excuse me. <laughs> she goes by both. It's fair. Anyway, um, I, I think I'm losing. I'm losing audio here. Something's going wrong. All right, we're gonna have well, to pause the. the oh. oh there. Well, I was gonna pause it, but it looks like we're we're back on. <clears throat> anyway. I want to talk about this because uh, it, it was a request on our first podcast. We didn't get to it on the second one. Yes. Uh, I, I recently got to go through some episodes of Berserk. Yes. Which yeah. um, I want to get my I want to get my thoughts down about it real quick. Uh, I liked it in theory a lot. <laughs> um, mm. I liked the uh, I liked the violence of it. I liked the characters. Um, the, the main character, his his whole like uh, mysterious background and the fact that he's kind of like I, I guess you would describe him as like a demon hunter or something like right. uh, more yeah. or less. Uh, and he fights like giant, big fucking demons. Yeah, right? yeah, he and fights like giant monstrous demons, but he also fights like uh, like spectral demons. He fights right. uh, he fights um, humanoid animalian demons and and uh, skeletons and stuff like it right. was a really good uh, slew of different types of monsters that yeah that he he battles with and I, I like that I think that stuff's really fun to watch and exciting uh, I liked how it was not um, 
It wasn't delicate. Like, they killed mm-hmm. off... On the first episode, he cuts a little girl in half because she gets possessed by a demon and tries to stab him. I like that. I mean, um, she has no mercy. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was absolutely merciless. Uh, yeah. to, to a point where it can almost be considered distasteful, uh-huh. but... I didn't feel like it crossed that line. I thought it was all it was all done well. Um, right. What I didn't like was, oh, and this this was my own fault. I, I watched the wrong uh, season of it. I watched the newer season where they were experimenting with a a merger of classical anime style and three mm. uh, D rap style, where they uh, they do like a, a like like a vague sort of three dimensional animation that has like a film set over it and it looked weird and it really didn't work and it took like I there were there were several scenes that on on the show that I found myself being completely distracted from how compelling the actual uh what was actually going on was mm-hmm. and I was completely taken out of it just by how fucking weird the animation looked. It just didn't it didn't connect now, to me. I haven't seen the new Berserk. Um, I did enjoy the animation of the old Berserk, but I'm very much a fan of that kind of that kind of rough 90s style mm-hmm. of animation, especially when it comes to actually most of the anime that I enjoy all came out of the 90s. Right. I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm very hit or miss yeah. with my anime. Like the 90% of it I don't like, but the 10% that I do, I really tend mm-hmm. to like a lot. Um, but I have noticed that with some of the newer anime, like if if the animation is too polished, I really mm-hmm. don't like it. Well, this one this one was a weird combination of them like them trying something new, but also trying to make it look older. Uh, it had uh, it had a weird shading style where it was like solid lines for the shading. They didn't actually do uh, they didn't do filled shading. Oh, uh, okay. And they did a lot of it, like on right. every every shot of every character. Uh-huh. There was there was a lot of hard line shading, and. That combined with the three D, like rap look, is it was really it was really ugly. You know, there's there's some examples of some new some new anime that I saw where I thought they did a really good job of capturing some of that retro feel. Um, Have you seen One Punch Man? I haven't watched it yet. Uh, I think you would love One Punch Man. One Punch Man is genuinely like really, really funny. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. it's hilarious. It's it's probably it's actually like the only anime recently that I've watched where I actually sat down and watched the entire season all the way through. Okay. And um, yeah, it's 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 really interesting because when they have the uh, they'll have these action scenes in it where the uh, the main character uh, Saitama is fighting these big giant you know destructive monsters Mm -hmm. and they just they do a really good job of getting that gritty kind of like i said 90s looking style down very raw looking uh well as i've as i've mentioned before like one of my favorite um one of my favorite animes ever was uh was ninja scroll yeah and that has a really gritty really ugly 90s style uh it might even be like before night was that like late 80s or was that uh, i think it might be late 80s let me uh let's confirm that real quick quick, but um just you know what i have to say about it 1993 uh yeah well i i don't know i know when we were talking a little bit before we started recording i mentioned this i don't know if uh i said it on air but the a lot of the qualities that um that I did like about um, about uh, Berserk 
or with things that reminded me of Ninja Scroll, like the types right. of the types of like superhuman things that he fights. Right. My biggest thing with uh, with Ninja Scroll though that like, really like got me into it, the movie and not the not the series, because uh, they kind of changed this in the series. So in the movie, he didn't really have like a power or anything. He was just a gangster ass ninja. He was right. the baddest ninja, and he. And he fucking knew it. He he was strutting. He was like talking shit to people, and he'd run into these outrageous monsters and just be like cool about it. He's like, I know, I got this. I'm Jubei, motherfucker. <laughs> like, there is something to be said about that. It was always, I think, it's almost like the uh, kind of like the the Batman effect. Yeah, um, people. It, it makes the character more relatable, and I think when you have a, a a universe like just kind of like in the DC universe, for example, you know, or in Justice League, where you have all these characters like Superman is like a god, Wonder Woman is like a god, mm-hmm. you know, they Flash is like a god. They have mm-hmm. these crazy powers, and then when you throw somebody in there like Batman, who doesn't have any powers, he's just rich. You almost feel like he's like on your team, mm-hmm. like well, he's in there yeah. for us. He's in there for the regular well, humans, you well, know. Also, um, him. Another similarity, like uh, some something to connect, like Batman to uh, to Jubei from Ninja Scroll, uh, is the yeah he's surrounded by gods, super powered beings that have every advantage in the world because what they can do isn't even a real thing, you know. Right. But Batman, like Jubei, struts in with confidence, like right. he's already got the situation yeah. figured out. Like he, yeah. he he not only knows the score. He knows how to beat it. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny is um, I said almost the exact same thing last night after we went to go see, and I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to throw anything out there. I'll be very brief. Um, but when we went to go see Infinity War last night. And, when uh, Batman made an appearance in the Infinity War. <laughs> well, similarly, because <laughs> uh, uh, my wife was asking me, I really liked uh, Captain America in the film. And for some reason, even though he's not the most charismatic character and he's not the most powerful character, she was asking me, she's like, why do you like Captain America? He's like, Thor's way stronger than him and Iron Man. You know, she was mm-hmm. comparing him like skill wise to these other characters. Yeah. And I was like, it's not about that. I was like, when Captain America walks in, he just like, he gets shit. You feel like he's got shit handled. Yeah. He comes in. He he's he like the situation manager yeah. of yeah, everything. Exactly. Yeah. That's what Batman is. He's the mm-hmm. situation manager. Well, Batman it's, and Captain America are the ones who. All right, so we're back on. <clears throat> so we're having a little technical difficulties again with this new uh, software that we're using. We went on for about twenty-five minutes there, and it just stopped at eleven ten. But I know where we were at just now. We were saying how uh, in the. Um, in the Marvel versus DC uh, comics uh, comic series, um, Batman and Captain America were the ones who fought each other, which uh, shows a lot of uh, character dynamic similarities between those two. Yeah, they're very much uh, almost like parallel co- characters uh, within their respected universes. Also, when they did the Amalgam Splicing series, uh, when Batman was combined with Wolverine, Captain America was combined with uh, Superman, which essentially was combining those two characters with invincible characters. Right. Like, who their their properties were basically that they, basically they can't die. <laughs> right. Yeah, and well, and what we were saying too, we were you know we were kind of left off talking about how uh, you know Batman's kind of the get shit done character within the uh, within the DC universe, whereas uh, Captain America is kind of that character within the Marvel universe. You know, he's kind of. Um, 
He's your go-to guy. Where I would look at, um, I would look at uh, Captain America as the uh, you know the righteous hand of justice, sort of um, like you know moral moral authority leader. Whereas like Batman is more of the dark film noir detective type, mm-hmm. like problem solving. But they still both have that that management type. Well, that, that, uh, that's character. an interesting thing too is that when Batman was first conceived he was more of a um, he was more of almost more of a detective character well it's detective comics yeah so DC he, is yeah and he was this kind of um, this gothic kind of a darker character in general like there was I, I forgot what the examples were but they have some really interesting examples online of uh, all the really violent shit Batman would do to other villains i guess you could say or criminals uh when his character first came out and because a lot of people were giving uh zack snyder shit for having batman actually kill people in uh, uh batman versus superman mm-hmm. yeah um, he was he was yeah. fucking like Which i didn't running people I didn't, I didn't care i didn't give a shit because here, here's didn't, what, well didn't he do that in the in the uh, dark Knight was returns it, well, like he was he was he was a jaded like uh right. he was ptsd batman well, who it, just, they, well he never he would always say that he didn't kill but there was a lot of scenarios within that movie where the stuff that he would do to people they had to have died i think what yeah. people freaked out about with batman versus superman was that he was actually using like guns and shit like that on his batmobile um, yeah, but yeah. In the, I think there's examples of it though in the very, very first Batman comics where he actually does uh, use stuff like that. And he does kill people, and you know, it's people. People like to have an idea. Number one, let's just get this out of the way, nerds. I'm not talking like half nerds like us because we're a couple of cool guys. Yeah, we're right? pretty fucking sweet. I'm, I'm man. talking like, about we're like- <laughs> nerd nerds just love to pick shit apart and mm-hmm. complain about shit nonstop. They'll take any fucking thing they can to complain about. Um, so if they don't feel like they got exactly what they wanted out of it, then they'll just sit there and shit mm-hmm. on it. For sure, for and sure. If, and if Batman kills somebody, it's a, oh, they're like, against who he is yeah. and putting his character and like, blah, 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 blah. I, I have fun picking things apart because that's just how my brain works. I like to analyze and break things down. But just because you hear me critiquing something does not at all mean I didn't enjoy it. Like, no, absolutely. I watch I mean, shitty movies all the time, and I love them. Right, like, and there's a difference between... You know how many times I've seen Pitch Black? I fucking love <laughs> that movie there, that actually is a really good bad movie <laughs> yeah right um yeah you know there there's a you can con- constructively criticize something and make valid points without completely shitting all over it and saying that it sucks because before, of one little yeah. thing before we get too far away from this though i did want to mention as you were talking about there being guns on the batmobile and mm-hmm. like you know batman shooting people and stuff there is an italian version of uh batman and robin where they have mustaches they I have, have, I've seen they have this. guns. Yeah, they shoot people. They do drive-bys from the Batmobile, and they bang all the chicks. Like, <laughs> Very Italian, super Italian. Um, yeah. Well, at the end of the day, really, if you really think, now look, it's not super. It's not comic book characters' jobs to be realistic. Um, they're or, or to adhere book. to a specific, yeah. like to your specific world. Like, right? It's Batman didn't do this. Batman doesn't exist. There is no Batman. Yeah, it he be, does whatever. It could be whatever yeah. version of Batman yeah. that that director wanted to put on screen. Every every character that you see in a comic book or a cartoon or even on a on a live action movie is a construct of a writer's mind and exactly. imagination. So and every time you see a character with that name and that that appearance that that concept is 
that different version of that character if it's done by a different person. Right. You know, I remember I remember this all the time in high school. Like, I remember in high school I would bring my graphic novels to class with me, and when I would get bored, I would start reading my graphic novels, um, which was basically every day. Um, and I remember people would ask me, like, oh, who's your favorite superhero? Like, what's your favorite character? I'm like, that's such a stupid question because I don't, like, I don't I don't have a favorite. You can take a shitty character, but if you have a good writer, then they're going to make that shitty character good. It's all about right. the writer. Like, I, I don't really give a shit about The Flash. I don't really think The Flash is that interesting, but Flashpoint Paradox was one of my favorite of the uh, yeah. animated it was uh, really DC good. movies. That was actually, that's, that's probably one of the only ones that I've uh, actually, like, took the time and sit down to watch recently. You should check out uh, Justice League Dark if you've seen that no, one. No, I haven't seen that it's yet. Good, man. I, I heard it was good. Um, but yeah, Flashpoint Paradox was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the the Killing Joke adaptation that oh, they did? Oh, it's so weird, man. Did you see it? <laughs> they, so for, yeah. So for those of you <laughs> yeah. that haven't seen it, um, the Killing Joke is kind of a uh, it's a quintessential Batman story. Well, Joker story, really. It's, it's really a classic. It, it, uh, yeah. It's like the Joker yeah. story. It's it is it is. Um, it is evolutionary yeah. in the background it's, of of the of the relationship between Batman and the Joker. Yes. I think there's so much rich, uh, like there's so much rich novelty in that to yeah. like to take away and like if you, if you really want to if you really want to break down characters and analyze them and and know them, that one is. F- that that story is full of it. Yeah, like, and it's a it's a fairly short read too. So I mean, you can you can just sit down and knock that that thing out in like an hour. It's like a long um, comic book. That's it. It's yeah, not even like a yeah, full on graphic exactly. novel. Um, and it, yeah, it's it's done by Alan Moore, which goes back to our other point. Good writer, good comic. Um, done by Alan Moore. Um, but they did this really weird animated adaptation of it where it was pretty much the same as the comic for the most part, right? Except So let me break this down yeah. real quick, if you don't mind me, yeah, yeah, me taking the wheel it. on this one. So yeah. the first like it was it was definitely the first half of the movie. It may have been like forty five minutes, it may have been thirty minutes, I'm not sure. It was like a good amount of the movie was just completely like whatever they just scooped out of the garbage it was just like it came from nowhere yeah there's a point or all right spoiler alert uh but i'm not spoiling anything that you know is gonna ruin your day because this isn't even part of the graphic novel in any way they just add in this uh gratuitous sexual relationship between batman and batgirl (laughs) and they bone they they straight up bone yeah they get bat garb yeah yeah, they fucking in bat garb on a on a rooftop. Yeah. Like, and they and make they, Batgirl look really like pathetic, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's like lusting like over Batman and he finally yeah. is just like, Yeah, all right, I'll do you. Yeah, and, and the <laughs> there's there are other reasons if you know the story, I'm I'm not gonna get into it because I, I don't I really don't wanna spoil uh killing joke for you. If you if you are interested in, in reading it, you definitely fucking should. It's a it's a masterpiece. Um But there are reasons why like them them doing that didn't make any sense like them adding Batgirl into the story at that point uh, them having this <laughs> like charade about Batgirl's like what was it it was kind of like about her like her dating life and her like not being safe with guys yeah, it was and really stuff. stupid like, it, was, it was like they brought in a group of fucking like uh, like if either really like geeky dudes or like yeah. some teenage girls or something and they're yeah. there it was almost like they were like hey let's hire the the uh, the writers from dawson's yeah. creek and let's right. have them come in and, and write the a, first half a, of this yeah. movie do a batman batgirl thing it's really stupid uh, 
So that all aside, anything about that that we can critique, uh, it has the the biggest problem with that is that none of that is from the comic. None of no. that was in the the Killing Joke at all. No, and then so just, you, I mean, and it's so it's so blatantly misplaced that you could take somebody who's never read the Killing Joke comic, and they would probably even be able to go. They could see where it kind of mm-hmm. descends from that. Like, right. okay, this was clearly added in, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it just becomes almost a verbatim like. Uh, adaptation of the comic or right. of, the, of the graphic novel. It just like it goes from this point, and all of a sudden, it's just, it, it was like I know why they did it. It's too short of a comic, or it's too short of a, a yeah. of a, of a graphic novel. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they needed to fill in time, but they just did it in such a weird way. And it, it was really stupid though, because you know what? Just fucking fuck it. Just make a half hour cartoon and put throw that out there. Yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Or they could have done like a, uh, they could have thrown in like a little like half hour mini documentary mm-hmm. on the comic book. Or there's so much other shit they could have done that would have made more sense than that. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, they could have spent a little bit more time going. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler. Never mind. I was going to say. Well, I mean, I, it, it's not really going to give anything away. They within the comic they have flashbacks of of the Joker's life like early on. So. Yeah, they could have uh, added they something spent, to yeah, that. They could have spent more time doing that. That would have been yeah. more more appropriate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a uh, that that that's something I'm comfortable picking apart because they took uh, they took a really masterful piece of uh, of media and just shit all over it with that. Like, yes, indeed. And, but I, but I didn't I didn't totally hate it because once they once they got to the actual storyline, they pretty much did it like dead on. Yeah, and now um, I've been struggling with this. Is it bad that I uh, got aroused when Batman uh, did the deed with uh, Supergirl? You mean Batgirl? Batgirl. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure if he did the deed with Supergirl, she would, he would die. Her vagina would clamp his dick <laughs> it off. Would crush, <laughs> it would crush his bat yeah. junk, and uh, <laughs> there would be no Damian Wayne, and yeah. uh, that would be the end of Batman. Yeah, that would be that would be it. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ! Can you imagine? She's just like she has one little like twinge of pleasure or something. Just snaps your dick right, right off. It's yeah. like, Jesus I mean, Christ! How it, doesn't the I wonder. I feel like they they had to have uh, touched on that in the comics at one point. No, nah, dude, uh, it's it's the same thing as like the whole mall rats thing about like yeah, you know yeah, back, yeah. like Superman he blow a load through her back like a shotgun. Like, well, isn't there something where Superman does get Lois pregnant, but like well the, the baby doesn't develop do their powers until later on or some shit like that? Do you remember um, Superman two? When um, the the old Superman movies, no, you know what? So get this. Uh, I've actually never really sat down and watched okay. those movies all the way through. Well, let me let me give you a little spoiler right now. So what okay. happens is uh, is is Clark Kent wants to be with Lois Lane, mm-hmm. and uh, they don't really say it in these words. They make it more like uh, like oh. You know, you're a protector and you have to live this life or you have to live the other life. And, you know, so what he does is he he like he exposes himself to the red kryptonite and he gives up his powers so he can bang Lois Lane. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I do so remember he, this. He yeah. couldn't bang her unless yeah. he gave a. That's not what they, they were they, saying. They, they, they were saying that in the yeah. comic too, though. They've had yeah. a bunch. Of, there's been a bunch of things like that where he gets exposed to red kryptonite and he has yeah. to lose his powers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that that was kind of that was what happened in Superman too. Is they were like, well, so. But he did it voluntarily so that he could right. bang Lois Lane. And then he gets beat up in a bar. And it's super funny. <laughs> Wouldn't that be kind of a bummer for Lois Lane, though? She's like, she's like oh, expecting man. this, like, super guy. And then she's like, oh, this is it? This is like every other guy that I've boned in college. It's kind of more. This is nothing special. It's kind of more of a pussy because he's used to having superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> Or no, it wasn't a bar. It was a diner. It was a diner. A, yeah, it was That's a diner. even worse. That's even worse. Who, gets, who gets in a fight in a diner At least, and loses? Right, look, you get your ass kicked in a bar. You probably got jumped. Or there should be somebody in the bar who could kick your ass if you're a normal dude. You get in a diner? Come on, man. Superman was, getting his ass kicked in a diner. It was a big old trucker dude, you know? Like, <laughs> it was like sea bass from Dumb yeah, and Dumber. That's exactly what it was. It was sea bass <laughs> from Dumb and Dumber. And it was weak-ass Clark Kent with his fucking glasses and shit. No, no superpowers. Oh, man. Yeah. Poor Clark Clark Kent. Poor fucking Clark Kent, man. And that's why people love Bruce Wayne, all right? Bruce Wayne, he wouldn't be getting his ass kicked in that diner. And Bruce Wayne, as a man, he'd be cracking skulls. He'd be ah, smashing diner plates over dudes' heads. <laughs> he'd be, man. He'd be throwing, he'd be breaking diner plates into little bat shapes and throwing them like he his would, little yeah. <laughs> Forks would become batarangs. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There was actually a really good, did you ever read The Ultimate? The Ultimate. That, that's was, all. So the Ultimates was like it came out in two thousand one. It was a. Uh, it's one of my favorite Marvel comics. It was when they first introduced like the Ultimate Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. which was like updated versions of all their characters. Um, the Ultimates was the Ultimate version of the Avengers, mm-hmm. basically. Okay. There's a really cool scene in the Ultimates too, where. Um, Hawkeye's family gets uh, killed, mm-hmm. gunned down, and there's like this badass scene where it made Hawkeye look so cool, where uh, they gun his family down, and there's these agents like raiding his house, and he like stands up and he's like, "You guys shouldn't have dropped me in the kitchen," and he just starts like lighting dudes oh, up with yeah. forks and knives, and that's when you find out that not only is he an expert marksman with a bow. He's basically just in general, he's like, like bullseye from Daredevil. Yeah, you give him anything, yeah. and somebody's gonna die. Any any projectile. Yeah. Um, did you ever see? Uh, did you ever watch uh, Red versus Blue? No. Oh man, I. What is what is that? It's Red versus Blue. It it, it was really big for a while. It actually had like I, I want to say it had like six actual full on seasons. Uh-huh. And what it was was uh, it's it started off as literally just guys playing uh, Halo online oh. but they would just record scenes selectively and they would do voices for them and it was they were just really funny guys they were like actual comedians oh, and they okay. were uh, and they just made these characters and it got so popular for a period of time that they started developing storylines mm-hmm. they had actual season and then they started uh, filling in uh, they started filling in episode parts with uh with animation and stuff to make it like a, oh, okay, an actual cool. show uh I, I you just reminded me of it because you were talking about hawkeye there's like one part where the guy's like we're like the avengers and the guy's <laughs> like so who are you it's like obviously i'm tony stark and this guy's like we're like hawkeye. So, <laughs> hawkeye hawkeye from the movies or hawkeye from the cartoon or hawkeye from from the comics so definitely the movies. He just pulls, <laughs> points his gun at him. So like, take it back. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to be Hawkeye, dude. Not I always really liked Hawkeye. Well, actually. nobody wants to be Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner. No offense, Jeremy Renner. If you're hearing this, uh, you know you're fine. Do you fine, think they miscast like, him? 
I just don't think he was cool in the movie. I don't know if they. I don't know if that's the problem. I don't you know. Hawkeye is like when yeah. they kind of like humanized him in Avengers two, and they showed you like his family, his and family stuff. and shit. I didn't like. He, that was funny, you know. But it wasn't like I just didn't find Hawkeye badass at all. I, I they, think it's they, a hard character to to make into a movie character. Yeah, it is. He it works is. better in the in the comics, but yeah. Well, I mean, fucking think about it, dude. It's the same reason Green Arrow is hard. It's like it's a guy walking around with the bone arrow. Yeah. That's so what I'm saying. It's a, it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard character sell. to sell, and, and it works in the comics. It just wasn't. It worked really well, like for Green Arrow, like back in like the you know the Golden Age when he first, or I think Green Arrow might have been more Silver Age. Uh, anyways, back a long fucking time ago when he first premiered, um, he had all kinds of ridiculous shit attached to his bows. Like he would mm-hmm. have a bow that had a boxing glove, and he would oh, just yeah. shoot I, it and like he, knock dudes has, out with it. He and, has that in. Uh, um, he has that in. Um, Injustice. Oh, does he? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you know? Uh, do you know Hawkeye's origin story? Wasn't he in like a? Um, nah, I don't want to say and then ruin it. I nah, I don't. I don't remember. Wasn't he like a circus performer? Yeah, yeah. yeah he wasn't like a special forces no, fucking military. No, he, he was, was like a, a trick shooter yeah. in a circus. And and, and his whole thing was. Um, he put on a costume like something happened like at a. Uh, like he was putting on a show and something happened and the Avengers showed up and they like saved the day and shit and he got all fucking bummed out because like the crowd started cheering for the Avengers right. and he's like those are my fans because he was a villain at first right yeah and yeah. so he started uh, and who did they like, they had him paired up with somebody at first I think was like, like the fucking West Coast Avengers or something. No, he, no, he eventually became the leader of the West Coast. That's Avengers. right, he did, huh? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I, I said that as a leader. joke. Like, yeah, yeah. No, he did. I have um, a West Coast Avengers. Uh, they, they had like a yeah. female counterpart that they had paired him up with. Mm. I, I don't remember. I don't who remember it was. that. Yeah, might have been Black Widow for a little while. <laughs> fucking maybe. I don't know. Who knows? She's a, a troglodyte in the movies. She goes. She gets around. Oh, Wasn't dude. She, she she's a troublemaker. She's got some kind of weird thing yeah. going on with Hawkeye. She does Bruce Banner. Some yeah, she's kind of weird underlying sexual attention with Captain America. Yeah, she's uh she's got um she's got Hawkeye friend zoned hard in that in the, yeah. in the Avengers movie. You could tell Hawkeye's like, man, I would bang this chick in a second if my I wife would, wasn't back like, home. I would kill my wife <laughs> like if will, this girl would just give it up. I will bow and arrow my wife to death if I could get one would, crack at Black Widow. I would pin her to the wall with my two children right in front of her like a shish kebab. <laughs> I not only have accuracy with my bow, but I have accuracy with my dick. <laughs> got accuracy with my gun. <laughs> yeah, um... Well, um, we were also, uh, before uh, we had technical difficulties earlier, we were covering some uh, some interesting fights that we have coming up. And uh, one of them was uh, tomorrow night is Fedor versus Mir. And mm-hmm. we, were, um, we were kind of touching on... Uh, styles. We were styles, touching on styles, yeah. yeah. And I, I tended to agree with Keith that, uh, at least in their primes, I don't know about now. Um, it's been a while since I've seen Frank Mir fight. Um, but at least in their primes, I think Fedor stylistically is a pretty tough matchup for Mir because Mir has been shown that he's he can definitely be KO'd. I think Fedor would just be a touch too fast for him. Um, but then again, uh, you know when you have when you look at something like the uh, Fabrizio Verdum fight where Fedor did get caught on the ground, maybe you know you could stand to reason that maybe Mir could also catch him with something. Um, so, um, not just speed, but also. Uh 
like freak accuracy yeah, that, that yeah. Fedor has that a lot of people don't really account for. Like he throws big wide shots from nowhere, right. but they land right on your chin. I don't know how he does it, but he does. He does. Um, and but th- this is this is actually we didn't even talk about this before we uh, lost communications, but um, really interesting factor to me about this this fight is um, in Frank Mir's prime he was not as big as he is right now no and Fedor was never a big heavyweight and no. I think the size difference is a big factor here Absolutely. too when it, like as far as the styles go because Frank Mir could potentially knock out Fedor but his best bet is going to be wrestling with him and trying yeah. to trying to just tap be, him just out just being more physical yeah. than him because yeah. that did become a big yeah. problem for Fedor as his career went on mm-hmm. even when he was fighting guys like uh, like Brett Rogers who you know was not a technical fighter by or any means or a physical means. fighter even. Or like, a he was just fighter. A, he, he was just, just a bigger dude he was a big dude who could hit hard like, yeah and that, yeah. And that, that, that counted for a lot in, in exactly. strike force heavyweights and then, and then when you started to get you know into the guys um like Bigfoot Silva and some of these other big guys who actually had some decent skill as well, he started to have even more trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, size could definitely be a factor. Um, Frank Moore, Frank Mir has gotten bigger over the years. His head has seemingly grown to be I think probably he, about twice the size. He, I think his his head is packing on scar tissue. <laughs> he, like his forehead has gotten massive, wrinklier and larger, but it looks like it's harder than it used to it's, be. It's a combination of uh, I think probably some growth hormone mm-hmm. and uh, yeah scar tissue mm-hmm. and just maybe he's been punched in the head so many times that it's now calcified and increased because he literally looks like Brainiac from the Incredible Hulk his head is giant okay um, yeah I can see that <laughs> interesting point yeah um, do you uh, do you remember did you ever hear him talk about this uh, before he fought uh when you remember when he when he bulked up when he first did that yeah when I, he fought I, Shane Carwin or no it was yeah, prior to Shane Carwin it was, it was, it was when, when he, he was going to fight uh, yeah but it was when he was trying to get that second fight yeah, with, uh, with Lesnar and he thought so, that he was going to be able to match and it's yeah. like dude well, Shane but, Carwin and Brock Lesnar strength mm-hmm. that but, you got to be born with I mean hey don't get me wrong they had their fair share of supplements as well yeah but, and, and spent their whole lives lifting to get right, that big supplements yeah. alone and genetics don't do that to you but, no um, what was interesting to me though was uh, Frank Mir talked about how uh, multiple times talked about it. he's like uh, I haven't lifted weights since I was 16 years old you right. know some I did like in high school and then right. I, you know and yeah, he was yeah. big and muscular and had like large muscles he like, did he, yeah. like, which to me is strange like you can you can be fit and not lift weights but right. to put on like a large amount of muscle like he had that that just didn't make sense to me that he didn't no. do any weightlifting. No, he uh yeah, he was a big boy and he uh this, he was like a natural like two forty pounder, two thirty yeah, pounder but at least. He shot up, but he was didn't he shoot up to like two sixty five yeah, when he, he started he, lifting? He was a full size heavyweight yeah. when he when he started He's, lifting. He started doing a bunch of compound lifts and he really put on a lot of size and uh but that's you know what was crazy though? I really feel like um the heavyweight division has changed so much because Back, Frank Mir at that you know size. I, I got my history wrong, and uh, 
it was after his second fight with Lesnar. It was when he was gunning for a third fight with him. Right. Because remember right. in his second fight with Lesnar? Second fight, that was the up. best Frank Mirror I've yeah, ever yeah, seen. Yeah. And, that, way, and I think, yeah, that, that it was. Stylistically. Second fight with, second fight with Lesnar, he's, hmm. he, was, uh, he was a little more lean. Yeah. He was all lean and he had a lot of muscle, but yeah. he was super lean. I think, and that, I think Frank Mirror at that, in that state, mm-hmm. that was his best chance of beating Lesnar. Well, I think that was his, uh, I think that was the best Frank Mirror that we yeah. were ever going to see. And it's really unfortunate that we only saw it in that one fight. Because then but after think, that is when he tried to start adding yeah. on size and it didn't really do him any favor. It helped him in certain fights, mm-hmm. but then like when you get, yeah, it helped him in like, let's say, but I don't know, like the Congo fight. All yeah. right. He beat Congo real quick, but he probably would have beat Congo anyways. Yeah. The same exact way. Mm-hmm. And then he got to the Carwin fight and it's like, yeah, that I, didn't I think it really, worked against him in the, yeah. in the Carwin fight because he was like, he was like ready to go uh, muscle for muscle right. with a guy who had who had been lifting since he was a, well, an infant. Yeah, right? and what you saw there um, is why there's a difference between. I mean, look, there's such a massive difference between a heavyweight who, because to 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 be a heavyweight in the UFC, what's the limit? You got to be like two sixty five. No, no, not sorry, it's not the um, the the minimum. What's the minimum? Um, is it two, anything above two hundred five? Anything above two hundred five? Yeah, that's crazy. So that means you could have a guy that's who's two hundred six fighting a guy who's two hundred sixty five. Typically, so if a guy's two hundred six, yeah, obviously, you know, that, that's, it's, that's yeah, theoretical. It's not going to happen. If a guy's two hundred six, um, he's going to cut that but, one pound. But, but the point being. Is that what you're seeing there? Frank Mirror versus Brock Lesnar and Frank Mirror versus Shane Carwin. You're just looking at two fighters in two different weight classes. Mm-hmm. Like Frank Mirror is not any less skilled than a Brock Lesnar or a Shane Carwin. Those guys are just too fucking big. Yeah. I mean, for they're sure. massive. That, that, that was what I was going to say, too, is like when he when he got super lean for that second uh, second Lesnar fight. Well, I think that was the best Frank Mirror that we like were ever going to see. I just it wasn't stylistically good for Lesnar because Lesnar all he right. had to do was pancake him yeah. and just killed him. Well, and and you know the heavyweight division has changed so much because the heavyweight division had a little point there where it was just filled with gargantuan killers. Mm-hmm. You had like a probably in what like 2011, 12 ish. Mm-hmm. You had Brock Lesnar, Shane Carwin, Kane Velasquez, Junior Dos Santos, mm-hmm. Alistair Overeem. Frank Mir, you had um, Fabricio Verdum, you had all these giant fucking dudes right. who were just absolute like world class heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Not to say that you don't have that anymore, but the divisions thinned out a little bit, in my opinion. Okay, uh, before whatever happened to him happened to him, Andre Olovsky was like, yeah, yeah that, he was that on was the next class. class. He was, like, yeah. Yeah, that guy. Like, I mean, he's still like good. He's still like you yeah, watch him fight. He's he won like, his, uh, he won his last he fight. He beats Truth. I was there. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, you saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. And the thing is, but it's like there's an obvious difference in his yeah, performance now. Absolutely. But he was like he's phenomenal when you like when when he was champion. You know, you had that really odd. We <laughs> had that really odd sort of rivalry with Tim Sylvia, which is just you know. It was an odd rivalry. It was kind of. One it wasn't of those, really a rivalry. It was just that they were the two top dogs. Uh, that's what I was going to say. It wasn't so much a rivalry as it was a. Well, this is what you get. This is what we, <laughs> this is what we got right now, guys. Yeah, and I, I mean, like these I, are our only two heavyweights, <laughs> so we're making a rivalry out of it. Right. It, that's the thing. It wasn't really a rivalry. It was just like yeah. it was weird that 
to me that Tim Sylvia rivaled him when he was that good. It was just that size and the fact that Tim Sylvia knew how to still, use it. I think I don't think Arlovsky was very. I might be getting my facts wrong. I'm not sure, but I feel like at that point because he was still pretty young at that point, he I was. feel like he wasn't very experienced. Right. So I, I agree. think uh, it was just because it was more to do with that. Mm-hmm. Like he was just kind of a physical guy but he just didn't have that because they very much I've, I've heard a lot of fighters talk about this actually where they say that um they kind of just marketed Arlovsky as like the baddest dude on the planet dude, but I, at no I, point was he ever really the baddest dude on the planet I, I just I, I remember watching him fight and I never really when I was a kid I didn't really pay attention to any like marketing I didn't really yeah. I was too dumb to even recognize it when it was happening but um I just I would judge the fighters by what I saw yeah and uh um, and then you see Arlovsky coming out, and he's got vampire fangs, yeah, and he looks like and, a goddamn Wolverine. And yeah, and I would just watch him like chew people the fuck up when he when yeah. you know during that time. Like I, I don't remember the, who, who I first saw him fight, but I do remember uh, watching him fight Paul Puntello, and uh, which it was such a funny interview to me because Paul Puntello would be like he he was on there talking about it's like it's like. Uh, Andre Arlovsky is this terrifying Belarusian monster who's just like got vampire fangs and like they ask him a question and he just looks at the camera like huh like <laughs> like he didn't have an answer he just I, I don't even think he heard you he's just like ready to eat something and um Paul Bontello is talking about himself and he's like what he doesn't understand is that I have more heart than anyone I have the most heart I have so much right and I always thought like that's not really something you say about yourself that's something other no, people that, say about you that's uh, like most definitely yeah. that yeah, yeah. that is that, something that, that somebody else would have to yeah. uh, bestow upon yeah. you that's like giving yourself a nickname <laughs> yeah you know no, um, so it looks like Arlovsky did have a nice little uh he did have a nice little win streak before yeah. he fought Tim Sylvia. He had, he had like a knockout streak. Yeah, no, he, he was did, knocking he t- everybody out. He had a TKO over even Ian Freeman. He KO'd mm. uh, Matt Yushchenko. That's the one I Wesley remember. Yeah. But prior to that, in 2002, he had two back-to-back losses to Rico Rodriguez and then uh, Pedro Hizzo. Uh, Rico Rodriguez uh, was big and a wrestler. And I yeah. think that was probably stylistically tough for because like, Arlovsky wasn't like a full size heavyweight back in those days. I don't think was he? Uh, I, no, I know. I think he was. Was he? Yeah. I thought he was like a two forty. Uh, I don't think. No, well, he's never. Has he ever weighed above two forty? He fucking does now, man. He's a full size now, but he's fat. He, um, I think he's always kind of floated around. Well, they have him listed at 242, but I really? think he's kind of always floated around that way. I thought he was going in at 265 now, but maybe I'm I'm just crazy. I think he's just um, his muscle turned into. Yeah, that could be it. He just sludge. looks big because he's so because he's so soft now. But yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Rick Rodriguez, I think, was just probably too big, um, and uh, Pedro Hizo. We're not gonna. No comment there. That's that's a scary man. Like when he was still in action, that guy, that guy was a fucking monster. I heard I heard a lot of people say that he's the hardest kicker that there's ever been. Oh yeah, Randy Couture. Um, he says he still has he, he permanently has had a yeah, in his, dents in his yeah. leg after that fight. Um, yeah, Pedro Hizzo. That's another interesting one because it's one where you feel like I always felt like, and he's not really even that old right now. He's forty three. Really? Yeah, I thought he was like a hundred because he he looked like he was forty three when he was twelve. Like, 
That yeah, guy he, has an old man face. No, he does. Yeah, he definitely does. Um, but yeah, man, that guy's got a lot of big names on his record. Pedro Hizzo? Um, Dude, yeah. he's, he's, a, he's a legend. He's like one of the original legends. Yeah, he... Uh, yeah, Josh Barnett, uh, Dan Severn. Yeah, this guy fought everybody. Um, he did have back to. I didn't. Ever, I never even realized he had back to back losses to Randy Couture. Yeah, um, Randy Couture, man, he just had one of those styles where he could just fucking just meat grind you. you he know? just shuts people down. He could. Uh, he could. If you didn't have the will to beat Randy Couture, mm-hmm. you weren't beating Randy Couture. Right. Uh, I don't think will is is the answer. I think. Uh, you had, to, you, yeah. you had to because have Because you the, can't uh, outwill him. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like if you go in trying to be tougher than Randy Couture right. and beat him through through sheer force of will, you're definitely not going to. Yeah, it was more uh, so you need to have the uh, the uh, firepower. Yeah, Because exactly. like, if you look at the guys that beat him, like, you know, Chuck. Chuck Liddell, yeah, and, that, yeah, like Chuck Liddell was the script tonight. And, like, yeah. you, you had to... And the thing is, you, you had to have the firepower and you needed to... You need to have a good enough uh, takedown D. Yeah, and you needed to land it. That yeah. was the thing. You needed to land that firepower. Yeah. Um, and if you didn't have the takedown D, then you weren't going to land the uh, the punch. <laughs> and that's what Chuck Liddell had. Um, sure, uh, I don't know. I don't know how this is coming out on the mic, but like this is only recording out of this part. Right? Oh, okay. So, you know, so if you're yeah. like off to the side, it's going to come in distorted. Okay. Um, but. I was just pointing that out because you keep like getting farther away. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know how this is. Recording. My posture, my posture is lacking. Yeah, he's disappointing me here. Um, well, one thing we were talking about earlier was um, how, you know, the difference in uh, we were talking about how heavyweights need more time to recover in between fights because you know bigger bones smashing against each other, the internal force of their body just you know it's more force in general. Mm-hmm. Heavier bones, um, heavier bodies, more, more force, more damage on uh, on their tendons and ligaments right. and joints because they have more weight. Every step they take is more impact on their on their knees and their ankles. And so we're saying, yeah, they they need more time to recover, or they need more steroids, which is why right. uh, during that time period, uh, Pride had a lot of the best heavyweights. Yeah, <laughs> so they didn't need as much time to recover. No, we'll just no. put it that way. They could take like four fights in a night. Yeah. Um, well, and what I was saying earlier is that um, kind of a silly segue, but I have my marathon coming up on Sunday. And uh, one thing I noticed was that when I started training for this, uh, my body just didn't recover as quickly in between runs like it used to. And I think a big part of that is due to the fact that, you know, compared to when I was running when I was younger and I was 175 pounds compared to now being 195 pounds it's just more force on your body when you're mm-hmm. running it's like a you know now you've got an extra 20 pound weight vest sure. on mm-hmm. um so it kind of forced me to change my running style a little bit too like i had to take shorter strides it kind of changed my gait uh, to be a little more low impact um but i'll be happy to get this over with but i can kind of i guess compare it to that in a way just as an example of you know a bigger body just a it's more force basically mm-hmm. Sure, and uh, I can I can attest to that as well. My my weight fluctuates a lot. Like if I'm in uh, if I'm in fight camp, my weight's going down the whole time. When I'm out of fight camp, even when I'm in training, and I'm out of fight camp, my weight definitely shoots back up. And we're talking about like a twenty pound difference, which you know you think about twenty pounds, it's a significant amount of uh, extra impact when it's in motion. Right. Just imagine someone throwing a twenty pound weight at you. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's, that's a lot or dropping a 20 pound weight on you I should say like if you're right. just 
are sitting there and someone drops a 20 pound weight on your knee it's probably gonna fuck your knee up so. absolutely yeah yeah you're just chucking bones at each other and now we're talking about guys who are carrying a hundred pounds more than some of their their uh their colleagues right yeah and that uh that's a hundred pounds at the weigh-ins mm-hmm not a hundred pounds, uh, not a hundred pounds, like, uh, while they're actually fighting. I think a really good example of this, uh, if you guys want to see, see this in action, check out, um, Travis Brown when he fought, uh, Bigfoot. Yeah. Uh, cause he was tuning Bigfoot up. He, he had him on all accounts everywhere. Yeah. And he was, uh, he was aggressively using footwork, like too much, to the point where it was like excessive. It was like he was doing stuff that didn't need to be done. And he was right. jumping around and he was jumping like from one foot to the other. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he like takes a step and blows his knee out and then right. just like basically just falls. He's like, oh, shit. And then uh, Bigfoot just jumped on top of him and, and handled him. And uh, I literally like, Travis Brown's not a. Not a, like a like a like a thick looking guy. He's right. tall. He's uh, he's slender, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of weight going down on those knees when you move around that much. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That was a yeah. That's an interesting case because um, man, you really had a sharp decline. Travis Brown did. Sure did. Yeah. He went and from- it seemed like it, it was a his decline was uh, uh, his his. His decline to beard ratio was d- just directly <laughs> inversely related. Like, it may have as his, been. As his beard got bigger, his... his he, uh, well, it was that, and uh, a lot of people will attribute it to when he went over and started training with uh, Rousey's coach, Edmund. And yeah. uh, who knows? I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... I I don't really know a lot of what goes on behind closed doors at right. Glendale Fight Club. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to speculate on things that I don't know anything about. Yeah. Um, but what I will say is, uh, they took fighters who were already ahead of the game, right. that were already doing well. Yeah. And then they went and fought out of Glendale Fight Club, and uh, they either continued to do well and eventually didn't, but like they didn't have anybody come out of Glendale Fight Club. Not that I know of. No. I don't know of any fighters who, you know, uh, who came from there, and I don't know of anyone else that they had other than Travis Brown and uh, Ronda Rousey. No, those are the only... Well, and Travis Brown was already established like, That's what well I'm saying. before, so... Well, so was Ronda Rousey. Yeah, the only guys, I guess, like Manny Gambirian was the only other kind of notable <laughs> fighter to fight out of there. Um, Which, you know, no no hate there. Manny, Manny Gambirian's a formidable... Yeah, person, yeah, he's but a solid he's not fighter. like we're not talking about like you no, know he was top never, shelf. No, um, didn't you fight somebody out of that club or no? No, I fought a guy out of uh, I fought a guy out of um, what the fuck is it called? Uh, go course Go course camp. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Highest time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, those Armenians. They're good guys. I like Armenians. I like that they're uh, they're they're a fighting culture. Definitely are, right? Um, 
Yeah, that's, that's what I've heard. I don't know too many Armenians, but uh, dude, come to LA, they're everywhere, especially Glendale. <laughs> well, yeah, well, my wife is Persian, so yeah. it's like similar, I guess, yeah. from what well, I'm I mean, told. There's, there's Persian Armenians and there's Russian Armenians, and they're uh, exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> we don't uh, want to stereotype here, yeah. guys, but they're exactly but the same. But if you've ever met an Armenian, <laughs> You've met them all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you met one Armenian, you met them all. No. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely like it's one of those uh, it's one of those those cultures. It's like they're very uh, immersed in the fight game. It's like any any gym you go to, you're probably gonna run into like a handful of Armenians. I don't know what the deal is about it, but like you could easily walk into a gym and see no white people. You could easily walk into a gym and see no Asian people. You could easily walk into a gym and see no Mexican people. But you're walk into a fight gym you're gonna see some armenian people <laughs> this is true um well um another thing i wanted to talk about was uh, some more media related stuff um oh before we get back onto that i yeah i completely forgot i have something for you i'll be right back all right keith is just running to uh grab something here ladies and gentlemen he's uh marching across the room very intently focused determined wanted you to borrow this ah so it's a copy of uh, DC Comics Injustice Gods Among Us Year One we were talking about this in the last podcast we were talking about it in the first one the first podcast very interesting concept where Superman essentially becomes a god and kind of a well, he's already a god. He's already he's, a god, uh, but he comes—he becomes like an evil god. Uh, and he I mean, takes over the DC universe. I would love for you to, while we're talking here, just look at the first couple pages because, like, what the way it goes down, like the way Superman loses his shit is so cool, man. Like they—they they nailed it. <laughs> I don't think it could have been better. I don't want to give any spoilers away. I just want to get Matt's reaction. Um, if you guys get the chance, I really recommend it. It's a great read. Uh, it's uh, it's it's worth your time, and it's also a good amount of time to get through. It's a nice, thick graphic novel. Um, uh, a lot see. of material. Okay, I see here. You see what happened? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now this is now is this similar? This kind of like. Very much. This is this is very much kind of similar to what happened in the video game was based off this, right? The video game was based off of this, but they they added um, they manipulated the story a lot in the video game. But I do remember some of these plot points from Mm -hmm. the video game. Sure. Yeah. Very interesting. I'll definitely read this and check this out. Good. Good. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to your input. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about yes, it. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. It'll actually be the first like superhero comic I've read in quite some time. Um, a lot of the comics I've been reading lately are more kind of indie comics. Um, Would you like one of these? No, I'm or sure, actually, yeah. Um, a lot of indie comics, kind of more grounded subject matter. Um, but if I do read a superhero comic these days, I love when it is something like this, where they take familiar characters and kind of bring in this uh, new a new concept, I guess you they, could say. They flip it on, on yeah. its axis. They exactly. Change the, uh, they change the, the conditions surrounding these characters that are already familiar to us. We all know who Superman is. And we all know, obviously, in a world where Superman exists, if he were to become a villain, we'd all be fucked. Right. Which is what makes this so interesting. Absolutely. You know what I wanted to talk about? Let's make a hard turn here. I wanted to talk about Bill Cosby. 
because I <laughs> Let's know. Let's talk about Bill Cosby. I know. I remember very. I remember before. This must have been. This was years ago. And I remember we were talking about comedians. And then I remember you were telling you loved Bill Cosby. I grew, up, grew up on, Bill, on Cosby. Bill Cosby. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 watched, I, I watched all the, the Cosby shows. Right. Yeah. And I have uh, a lot of other friends who also grew up on Bill yeah. Cosby. I mean, I'm sure everybody I, does. Bill I had Cosby a, was huge. Yeah. I, I was I was gifted his uh, his albums and everything. I, I listened to them while I, you know, while my little like. Uh, my little like CD player in my room when I was a kid. That was like that was what I grew up on. Um, now, me personally at the time, what I from what I remember telling Keith was I didn't like Bill Cosby because I just thought he was corny. I think. Yeah. I think I I think it was good when I when I was growing up. I was always around my uh, a lot of my uncles and stuff, and you know they would expose me to like a lot of like dirtier comedians. Mm-hmm. So I think from a very young age, I was just kind of had this attitude of like, oh, they have to be like like a Sam Kinison, they have to yeah. be like dirty or Richard Pryor to be funny, you know. Um, so I just wasn't exposed to that style of comedy. Um, but the main thing that I didn't like about Bill Cosby was, and I guess it's easy to say now in retrospect, but I despised his like holier than thou attitude. Sure. He's yeah. always on these talk shows talking mm-hmm. about how these young black men need to pick up their pants and he was always just shitting on everybody, yeah. it seemed like. And yeah, I, I I never knew about that when I was younger because I never paid attention to any of that. I, the only Bill Cosby stuff that I, I saw was his stand-up comedies and his um, and his TV shows. Now, from what and, I, from what I understand, I, I only saw his show a few times. I never really saw too much of his stand up. But even till this day, even a lot of the uh, comedians who don't really care for Bill Cosby, they'll still be the first ones to say that uh, you know his comedy is like genius. You know, he's mm-hmm. very highly touted in regards right. to uh, his stand up comedy stills. Yeah, yeah, exactly. However. Um, at the uh, filming of this podcast, where I think it was just like yesterday or the day before when they convicted him, he was convicted. Uh, he was actually convicted of some of the uh, those those rape allegations. Yeah. Um, for you, those of you that you don't said that know, that just happened. He it just like, happened. They officially convicted him. It's it's wow. it actually happened, huh? which I think I I wasn't I didn't think they were going to I didn't either because I, I was kind just of gonna, yeah. yeah I kind of assumed that it was just more or less like a statute of limitations type thing where you know how how are you gonna find evidence how are you gonna really legitimately prove it aside right. from word of mouth forty years um, later after the fact or thirty or however many years sure um, but from what I understand. Um, Bill Cosby did admit to uh, to um, to it in some cases. Mm-hmm. That's what I had heard. I don't know. I'm not well informed enough about it, but I heard I, that I, Bill Cosby did admit to like giving women quaaludes yeah. and things like that. Most of my uh, most of my news on this subject comes from like listening to other podcasts, right? And I don't really want uh, to provide secondhand information i don't yeah. want to say stuff i heard this here i heard that that you yeah, know yeah. like I, I i'd hate to be i mean i i believe the stuff that i hear yeah but i and it sounds logical and reasonable but i i'm i would be essentially just quoting the joe rogan podcast yeah, and yeah. that would be well, kind well, of one one thing know. i know for sure that i have heard is like a fact is like as far as the allegations go they're like in the 40s 
Sure. There's yeah, yeah, like yeah. a crazy he, amount Bill, Bill of... Bill Cosby uh, raped everyone from what I mean. like, <laughs> Well, there is a just, crazy amount of women yeah. that came forward. Mm-hmm. So even if only a small fraction of those were mm-hmm. true, let's say five of them are true. And then the rest of them are just money grabs mm-hmm. where they're looking, they're thinking this is an opportunity. Yeah. Even if it was just five, that would still be like, oh, that's kind of a lot. If it was any, it's <laughs> if a it lot. was any, right? Like, all of a yeah, sudden, I guess you can't yeah. quantify. <laughs> but, that's one rape too many. Um, <laughs> well, no, I could have forgiven one or two rapes, but you know, <laughs> three rapes. Like, hey, we're man, getting a little out of control you, here. You crossed a line once you started raping, like. You know, you know, once I need to start counting on my fingers how many people you've raped. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I, I definitely uh, one is too many. Um, but it's also like I, I get what you're saying though. The severity of it, it increases like substantially when you go from being a rapist to being a serial rapist. Um, right. Yeah. Now you're like, talking about now you're talking about somebody who you could say if you have somebody who one time. Gave somebody a quaalude and did that. It's obviously, it's obviously still a horrible uh, thing to do. Mm-hmm. That goes without saying. Um, but uh, when you get up in the forties, if that is, if the allegations are true, that's when it becomes like a oh, this guy is like a straight up like psychopath level. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. yeah well, that, that's that's when you're you're, you're bit like uh, you think about okay. There are a lot of people who have done terrible things that are not essentially that are not inherently evil people. There is mental illness. There is right. so much that uh, that constitutes bad behavior. Not in any way defending rape, but even in our criminal justice system, rape is not a life sentence. You know, like no. it's something that it, it, it happens. It's horrible. You're a rapist for life now. That's who you are. Right. Um, but you're considered uh, eligible for rehabilitation. Right. Now, there is a point that you cross at some point. I don't know what number it is, but you get to a point where it's like, you're a serial rapist. You exist. Yeah. You're, you're, your existence is a threat to other people. It's your... Right. The thing that you do most consistently... Is with, rape. It, with other people is rape, is harm yeah. other people. Not it even is. specifically just that it's rape, but the fact that what your 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 primary interaction with other people in the world is harming them. Right. And and and, and I, I mean this is I'm sure this is to some degree arguable, but I, I believe that it is it is harming them for life. You're affecting somebody's oh, yeah, mental no, and physical well being for their entire life. Yeah, so, you, you almost can't even I mean, yeah, I, I guess it could be argued but no, but at the same time you almost can't even argue that. That's a uh, uh, that's gonna. Well, I mean, I'm saying yeah. that because I have never been raped, right? As far right, as I yeah, know, yeah. 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 <laughs> to my to my fullest awareness, I I'm not a victim of rape, well, so I can't speak to the. Uh, it's the first time for everything, Keith. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't no, tell me yeah, with a good he, time. He, yeah. uh, he um, yeah, he most definitely uh, is. It's 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 pretty crazy. I mean, if you would have told, right? So let's just break this down. If ten years ago. You would have told people that, well, Bill Cosby's a serial rapist. Donald Trump is the president. Uh, there's just all these wacky things that are going on that so you just like. It's well, kind of remarkable, right? Yes and no, but it's more about like the way that it's being exposed now because right. um, I want to say uh, I, I have to talk about the stuff that I've been hearing in the podcast now because uh, you know other podcasts that I listen to. 
uh, talk about the Bill Cosby thing a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that they said is a lot of people who knew Bill Cosby personally and a lot of the people who had uh, interactions with him personally, they were like, we're pretty sure he does fucked up shit. Like, right. they, they, there's a lot yeah. of uh, speculation in his behavior. And like, they, they would talk about how, like, he would make jokes and be very casual about the fact that he would drug women. Right. Like, so that that actually was not as surprising. Like, it was no. for me, as a little kid growing up listening to a stand-up from comedy. The, like, from the, uh, yeah, from public perception. Yeah. It was surprising, but, but it, I guess not for those in the know. Yeah. For, like, social, like, socially, people who had personal interactions with him, apparently, he was a fucking creep. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and, you know. But that's all, that's all hearsay as well. I don't know that. And it yeah. could be, it could be, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like, people well, could be looking back at me and like, like, well, now, yeah, of course. Well, how, <laughs> how crazy is it that with, you know, that just like with how the internet is now and how everything just spreads like wildfire, mm-hmm. how crazy is it that this wasn't even really talked about that much before that one joke by Hannibal Burris and then it just, that was it. That was what prompted all of this. What, uh, Hannibal Burris told a joke about, uh, I don't remember what the joke was, but this was a couple years back. And he made a joke where he said, um, you know, people forget that Bill Cosby raped what well, raped somebody. And like he he just brought up the fact that Bill Cosby had been accused of rape in the past. Okay. And then all of a sudden, like just the media just coming out the woodwork. Wow. He started to hear all these stories and it just it was that. Bill makes Cosby, you wonder. He probably has a dartboard in his room it with makes Hannibal you, Burris's face. I, that's <laughs> what I'm thinking. It makes you wonder if he Hannibal Burris had never told that joke if it would have came out because Damn like, you know you, the you know the, you know the scene in Billy Madison where Steve Buscemi, yeah, he's got the kill. people to kill yeah. list. That's Bill Cosby and Hannibal <laughs> Burris is at the top of that he list. He's number one on the list. He's got to be. How could he not or, be? It might be his people to rape list. Yeah, the way that yeah, this covers it. that. <laughs> I don't know that. that he only rapes women. He might rape Hannibal Burris he, out of spite. I'm pretty sure Bill Cosby wants to give Hannibal Burris quaalude. <laughs> he, there is no doubt in my mind that he wants to give Hannibal Burris quaalude. He must. How could he not? Oh, man. Yeah. How, how, what a shame that he's going to do. What a shame. Probably, po- quite possibly spend the rest of his life in prison. Maybe. And he'll never get the chance to rape. And he'll never get the chance Hannibal to Burris. rape. One last rape. Oh, man. I Hannibal mean, Burris. there's a good chance he'll be the one getting raped in prison. I don't know. He might just be too old. I don't know how the, how the prison culture is. Yeah. Like, I don't know. They're going to... Um, they're gonna have to put him in some kind of special, like blue collar, right? Maximum security type deal. And at this point, Bill Cosby's like, how old is he? Fucking, he's well, he's up there, man. He's, he's got to like, be a thousand. I saw him at the Shoemash. Uh, I something like had to be like at least five years ago. Mm-hmm. Probably more than that though. Uh, I saw him at the Shoemash, and he looked like he had one foot in the grave. Yeah, he's uh he's up there. He's got to be. Uh, let's see here. I'm gonna Google his age. Yeah, he's 80 years old. So that's actually that's younger than I thought. Yeah, yeah, that is that is actually younger than I thought too. Because I was thinking he was closer to like 90. Um, yeah, but I guess he's awaiting a sentence right now. He's convicted, free on bail with restrictions, and awaiting sentence. Well, good. So I think yeah. uh, I think that's great. I, I think. Uh, it was it was really hard uh, to like have Bill Cosby be a uh, an integral part of my my 
like childhood experience and right. then all of a sudden as an adult I'm like well he's a rapist he's one of the worst things you could be <laughs> it, it, <laughs> like, yeah. it, like it's very like Bill Cosby absolutely influenced a lot of my life uh, like the the way my brain works was definitely like to some degree influenced by uh, the comedy and characters portrayed by Bill Cosby and then just for all of a sudden to be like he's basically Satan uh, it's like okay well you so know, he, he should he should go to prison I think a, whatever's left I, of his I life. think at the end of the day of course he deserves to go to prison but I think at the end of the day people just got to put perspective on it um, Dave Chappelle had a really good joke about it where he was talking about Bill Cosby and he was like you see he does good but he rapes. Mm-hmm. He saves, but he rapes. Right. It doesn't mean that you can't take the the lessons and the values that mm-hmm. that Bill Cosby promoted with his brand of comedy, and you can still find a lot of good in that. Mm-hmm. It's just that you know you just can't. People can't take. You gotta. What they gotta do is they gotta stop taking these big. You know, pop culture icons and turning them into heroes because well, they're people, well, just like everybody else, and they're flawed. I, I think I know where you're going with this, and I actually have a really similar point, and I I, I couldn't agree more because uh, I was talking about the whole Kevin Spacey thing with uh, with somebody. Uh, I think it was my sister. We were talking about it, and. She mentioned, like, I, I was saying I, I wasn't clear about the details. I knew he was, like, doing some, some molestery things. And then uh, my sister was like, oh, yeah, he's a pedophile. And I was like, all right. So he's a pedophile, so he's horrible. But he's not exclusively a pedophile. He's a great actor. That is a person who he's provided content that has enriched our lives. He's provided things that is, like made our lives better. Am I never right. going to watch it? Am I am I never going to watch one of his movies again? I'm definitely going to watch movies of, of his. Course. Like yeah. he's a, he's a great actor who's made great pieces of art and I'm I'm not condoning pedophilia by enjoying no. something beautiful that art, that person made. Absolutely. The art is not that per- first of all. Okay, let's just break down like if you were to take the Cosby show, okay? Bill Cosby didn't create every aspect of that show. He was a big but influence, even, yeah. but they had a team of writers. Mm-hmm. But even if he they did, had, like that that's like we're that's that's the point I'm making. Right. Even if he did, that's not celebrating his his rape. That's not celebrating him being a rapist. It's no. celebrating something isolated. Like I, I think yeah. I think people jump hard on a uh, on a side. They they condemn yeah. you black and white as good or bad, good or good or evil. And they go, there's something bad you did. Now everything good you ever did doesn't count right. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, people people want to draw a hard line. And you know, I, th- people, I think it people comes just to- aren't black and white. It's not that simple. No, like, and I think well, and I think when it comes to you know putting stuff out there in the media and things like that, mm-hmm. people just want they do want that kind of quick headline. They want that black or white answer. They want so and so is a piece of shit. So and so is a scumbag. Instead of it, just doesn't work that way. Um, you know, anytime you have to dig deep for a more complex answer, it can't be condensed into mm-hmm. one headline. It requires a conversation like this. You have mm-hmm. to sit down and you have to talk about it and discuss it. And when you can't get that quick screen grab or whatever it, whatever it is you're trying to get across, um, then people tends to tend to kind of gravi- gravitate away from it. And um, that's that's uh, 
you know, well, that, what we do is we we let one aspect of a person's character define them entirely. Mm-hmm. We, they just lose everything else. Right. Now people, I think I think three dimensional is is a understatement to to describe how people are. We're more than three dimensional. We're we're like. We're omnidimensional. There's right. so many levels to every person you've ever met in your entire life. There's right. so so much. The simplest, most boring person in the world, the like blankest object of a person that you meet, has so much depth beyond what you right. see or experience. Absolutely. Them. And if yeah. you just take the single most outstanding thing from a person, a lot of the time it's going to be a bad thing. Right. <laughs> like, but that doesn't mean that like good hasn't come of that human being the world isn't in some ways or sometimes even in in more expressive ways made the world a better place by that person being here right Bill Cosby raped let's say 40 women just to say that mm-hmm. Bill Cosby raped 40 women he did an immeasurably horrible thing to 40 people how many millions of people have gotten joy from Bill Cosby. How many right. millions of people have had hours of enjoyment and laughter and uh, and like moral uh, moral guidance mm-hmm. from Bill Cosby? Right. He should still be punished for his crime, but you know, let's just remember there's two sides. Yeah, doesn't mean you have to discard everything. Yeah, that that person has ever been associated with yeah have you heard the story about there's this actress from she was on smallville her name is allison mack and she has recently and she played a character named chloe sullivan on smallville who was kind of like a computer geek who would help um, clark kent kind of uh uh, get information on people and she was like played his buddy and um she was recently charged with human trafficking so, Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is one of the... There's, there's got to be like a documentary that's going to come out of this or something. I was shocked by this because I used to love Smallville. I mean, I, I still do. But um, she... Uh, it is nuts. She was a part, uh, apparently a part of this, what is called a cult. Um, God, what is this cult called? It's, so the, the cult itself, I don't know what it's called. Um, it's pr- okay, so it's pronounced Nexium. Um, it's N X I V M. Nexium is a multi level marketing organization that offers personal and professional development seminars. Uh, but apparently, that's not really what they do. What they really are is a cult. Um, and uh, the uh, Rainier, the, the, the guy who runs this thing is called Keith Rainier. And uh, him and Allison How dare Mack. You sully my name. <laughs> him, him, I know, right? I didn't realize that. Him you know and, how few uh, Keiths there are? We can't afford to have any fucking bad seeds in this community. Him and uh, other members, including Allison Mack, were arrested on federal charges of sex trafficking. This literally sounds like an ep- like the plot line for an episode of uh, Law and Order SVU. It really does. I mean, it's it's pretty fucking insane. Mm-hmm. And uh, they found all this weird shit 
after that Allison Mack had done where like typical pyramid scheme shit where she was messaging other actresses out in the open on Twitter saying, um, hey, so-and-so, I've been meaning to talk to you for a while. I wanted, there's an opportunity I wanted to talk to you about. It's really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. And you know how like when people are running pyramid schemes, that's what they always say. It's always say. an opportunity. It, there's yeah. an opportunity coming your way. I want, yeah. It's always I some want bullshit. You to, I want you to catch this thing at the ground level. There's an opportunity coming yeah, your way. Yeah, you know? exactly. So yeah, apparently uh, they were taking under two of the counts, uh, I believe, were something in the neighborhood of, um, you know, taking underage girls and like branding them and shit. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this was like some serious shit that she's getting charged with. Um, it's just crazy because she played like the most. <laughs> she played the most wholesome character in I, that I know, show. I know that name, Allison Mack. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I can't I can't think of her face right now. I know that name for sure. Uh, he, her, her, here's what it says. On April 24th, Mac was bailed on a $5 million bond and held under... Who the fuck? I don't know who paid that. And held under house arrest or under the custody of her parents in California. She was charged with recruiting women into, Dior, into DOS or The Vow, a sex cult propagated by Nexium that presented itself as a woman's self-help group. Isn't that something? <laughs> well, wow. isn't that something? <laughs> that is, yeah, um, yeah. A women's self-help group. How predatory! That's so intense, man. Okay, I'm advertising as a women's help group. Women who need help. Women who are in a vulnerable state. Mm-hmm. Probably mentally. Probably need somewhere to go probably somewhere to sleep somewhere to get their next meal i don't know what situations they're they're capitalizing on but they're taking already victimized women yeah. and then trafficking and victimizing them, yeah. them further well it's victimizing a classic, them like it's a classic like pimp type deal yeah right you uh you, you find but a woman who's a who's a um, has father issues and is and uh, appears weak, and you take them, and that that's like their whole philosophy. Sure. That's what Charles Manson based his whole deal off of. Sure, but that's uh, you know going. Uh well, yeah, yeah. We're going to bring up Charles Manson. Yeah, I mean, that was a... But that, we'll save that for another yeah, podcast. That's, that's going to be a just, whole other thing. But yeah. I mean, like, when you were, when you were like, uh, when you were relating into, like, the pimp thing, it's like, right. sure, they get sort of uh, socially enslaved and that, but it's like, when you're really trafficking women into sex slave trade and shit... It's a little it's different. Like, it's not uh, just victimizing them. You're, 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 you're victimizing them, uh, like... Completely, like yeah. that is it for you. Yeah, That's I know. Your, yeah. absolutely. You're I, probably not going to be kept alive once you're not like young and pretty anymore. You know, no. like. I, and apparently, so. she was in uh, "Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves." Okay. And uh, Camp Nowhere. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So I did grow up with Allison <laughs> Mack. I know I know her name. I just like I can't think of her face. I, yeah, I don't remember. I haven't seen Honey Honey I Shrunk the Kids or Honey We Shrunk Ourselves in quite some time. So yeah. I don't even remember. I do it's remember. It's been a while. Can't know I did. Uh, I did watch a. I did watch a classic from that generation recently because I just felt I felt the need. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched The Last Starfighter. I've never seen The Last Starfighter. Dude, it is like. A tremendous piece of crap. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, dude. I mean, um, I've, it's been so long since I've seen it. I saw it on like PBS or something when I was a kid. 
No like, way. I don't remember what channel I saw it on, but I, I watched it on TV when I was okay. a kid. And uh, it was just this really intense, uh, like, thing as a kid, you know, there's aliens and stuff. But it was like going back and watching it again as an adult. It was just like everything about it was so bad. Like, okay, now you want to hear some crazy shit? Okay. I just Googled or I just Wikipedia the last Starfighter. On our last podcast, I was trouble, having trouble remembering the name of the guy who played Michael Myers in uh, Halloween. Oh, and yeah. That will also be playing him in the mm-hmm. upcoming Halloween. His name was Nick Castle. You want to know what else Nick Castle did? He directed The Last Starfighter. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know what else Nick Castle directed? Major Pain. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and there's some other movies here, but Major Pain was the only one that really jumped out at me. That's a trip. That's really interesting. Um, how crazy is that, though? Michael yeah. Myers directed The Last Starfighter. I, I, something new every I day. didn't know that, but I, I thought, because um, I've seen I've seen him uh, out of... Uh, out of costume before, mm-hmm. uh, like holding the um, the mask. He's kind of a the goofy looking dude. Yeah. Well, I thought he kind of looked similar to the guy who stars in in uh, the Last Starfighter. Oh, maybe was he in it? I don't Let think it's see. the guy. No, I don't. I don't no, think he is. Starring Lance Guest. Lance Guest. Guest starring Lance. <laughs> Lance the guest. Um, yeah, I've still never seen. You know, and I've heard this movie talked about a lot because oh, no, it's, it's actually a bit of a uh, cult classic, from I, what I understand. Well, I think it was a mainstream classic, to be honest. I don't mm-hmm. think it was a cult classic. I think now it's considered a cult classic right. because it's so bad. You have to really be. Um, you you have to intentionally know. You gotta what know what watching. you're getting into yeah. when you're watching but the last Starfighter. I really like. I'm gonna. I'm gonna like zip back to my notes because I did take some notes on this one. There was one particular thing that stood out to me. So they have. Um, he gets taken. Uh, he get, oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't take a lot of notes. It was just like just that it was depressingly bad. I was watching and I was getting like uncomfortable with how bad of a movie it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a. Uh, there's this thing they address the fact that he he can talk to the aliens so they give him this little like implant thing you know mm-hmm. and then he makes buddies with this uh, this alien who who can't stop laughing at his own jokes and is just really awkward the whole uh, time and then uh, at the end of the movie they bring him back from from the the war uh, that he just won uh, after defeating like an entire army of of you know, enemy ships by himself. They come back, and the alien just starts talking to everybody from this guy's trailer park. Mm-hmm. All the people are just like hanging out, and they're just like, "Well, who are you?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, his buddy." <laughs> like, and they're all like, "Oh, okay, I guess it's cool." <laughs> it's like almost like a, I, you know, what I call that? I've developed a term for it, and it's probably already out there. A plot hole. Uh, no, <laughs> but uh, I've heard that no, one. Before. I developed a term for that. How you said that the neighbors very kind of nonchalantly spoke to this alien. Yeah, but also they could understand the alien language. Right. Like, okay. Like now there's got to be now what I'm talking about in particular is just the fact that how non- cheesy that is that yeah. they just were like, yeah. All right. um, but I don't know what this is called. There's got to be a name for it, but I call it the Teen Wolf effect. And it's kind of like... everybody's just cool with it all of a sudden. Yeah, nobody really notices. Like It's like in Teen Wolf where he starts becoming a wolf. They're like, hey, this is is awesome. There's a wolf on the basketball team. Yeah, he's playing basketball. And nobody really takes the time to ponder the existential crisis that is... A werewolf is now on our basketball team. <laughs> and we have um, no idea what this could possibly mean right. for us. All of a sudden, we know that there's werewolves. <laughs> yeah. And there's 
yeah, been one amongst us. Think about that. Yeah. So I've uh, coined the term the Teen Wolf effect. I think it's a great. You'll see this in movies. So yeah. that's an example. Of that's that. that's a great name for it. I, uh, yeah. I I uh, I haven't seen the last Starfighter, so I uh, all I have to go off of is what I have in front of me here. But I just pulled up a picture of one of the aliens. And he literally looks like a turd with eyeballs. That's him. That's the this one. This is the most god-awful alien design. That's the one who can't stop laughing at his own jokes. Oh, my God. This is horrible. He looks like worse than... He looks like one of those really shitty-looking Star Wars uh, puppets that would have been at the cantina scene, you know? Yeah, but, like, way worse. But worse, yeah. This guy is It just... looks like they just, like, took an actor and smeared shit all over his face. <laughs> but you know it what? Does. He, they he, dunked him in a fucking so porta potty Let's talk about a really good alien movie from that same generation, because mm-hmm. that guy actually reminds me of the alien... Have you ever seen Enemy Mine starring uh, Dennis Quaid? I have not. No. That's a great movie. It's I'm very look that up right now so too. Enemy Mine is very. Uh, it, it looks like an action movie. It looks like it's this like action movie between Dennis Quaid and this alien. Uh, By the way, you're right. He does look just like it. Yeah. So that's what he reminds me of. So Enemy Mine. Wait, you is, know who, you know who this guy looks like from Enemy Mine? He kind of looks like the early version of Cell from Dragon Ball yeah, Z. Yeah, he does. He does. I've never really thought about that, but you're right. Weird. So Enemy Mine is uh, a very like humanistic and uh, and I know that's a weird way to describe a movie about an alien, but uh, it's like a humanistic dramatic experience. Um, where Dennis Quaid and this alien are are fighting against each other in a in a space battle, and they end up both getting marooned uh, on this planet together. And so it's kind of like a buddy cop movie, but it's Dennis Quaid and an alien. Right, and it, it's not um, it's not like funny at all. It's like it's a very serious oh, it's straight movie. Straight up action. Yeah. No, it's not action. Wait, like, no, no. It's so what do they do? Uh, it's like a survivor movie, and they end up so they're like, like helping each other yeah, survive. They they throughout huh. all their time together, they they become like codependent because they have to um, they like rely on each other to survive. And uh, that is a very odd plot, dude. It's super weird, but I'm telling you, it's a really good movie. Like it's it'll it, it's a it's a kind of movie that like it. I guess it's sort of, uh, it, it's definitely kind of sappy in that sense, and it's old, so it's going to be dramatic in a different kind of way, too. It's not going to be as relatable. But it's a really good, uh, it's a really good piece on, like, Probably why, almost takes why, on, like, a racial type yeah, it deal, does. where it it's takes, like, you know, all people need to get along. and Kind of, it does, but it, it really, like, it addresses the whole, like, um... You're you're only really my enemy because we don't speak the same language. Like they learn each other's language throughout the time they're they're there together, and then they like. Uh, I don't want to like give anything away if you ever like decide to watch it, but all right. Well, um, I, what I what I can tell you is that I'm watching the trailer for it on YouTube right mm-hmm. now, and I just saw the strangest fucking thing. <laughs> Uh, if I am correct. It's been a while since I've seen it, too, so I can't really like, right, say so too much. What I but... see here, there's an alien. He's dying. Mm-hmm. Dennis Quaid. It kind of looks like that scene in Tropic Thunder where Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. and Ben Stiller at the mm-hmm. beginning, he's dying. He's like, oh, I'll see you later, man. I've got to go. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So it's like that. And then this alien who's dying 
he births a baby alien. Yeah. And Dennis Quaid is not I, carrying this baby alien through it's, the desert. It's very odd that they're um, showing that on the trailer of any. Of they kind of just spoiled the whole goddamn. Yeah. No, that, that was a, like <laughs> that, that was the plot yeah, of the movie. That was a major critical turning point of the movie <laughs> where uh, it finds out that 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 the aliens they reproduce uh, asexually. They just like they have a birth pod inside of them. So is it and, like uh, when the new alien comes out? Is it like a mini version? Yeah, it's of a pre-existing. He's just like. No, it's his, it's his child, and then oh, so and he's got to relearn everything. Yeah, and it's then, not like a new yeah, version of him. But by that time, they'd been trapped on that on that planet together for like uh, like the, they're the only two people there, and they've been trapped on that planet for like years. So this is and like so, the end of the movie when this happens. No, there's a whole. That's like halfway through the movie. Oh, okay, that's like that's you. like the critical turning point when okay. uh, when when the falling action kind of begins. Mm-hmm. So. Dennis Quaid ends up raising the uh, the, the, baby the baby alien, alien. right? And, it, and he, while he's doing that, he's teaching the alien, like he's raising it, he's to be like a functioning creature. And right. He's teaching it about humans, but he's also teaching it's it about, about his culture. his culture too, because he like you know. And it, I, I just thought it's a really interesting uh, the, that movie is, overall, based on that, because it, it takes a lot of uh, directions. That that's that. a very similar story to there's a old EC comic, and for those of you guys who don't know EC comics. Um, they produce all of those old horror comics like Tales from the Crypt, The Vault of Horror, Haunt of Fear, um, which I love those comics. Um, but EC Comics was really interesting because they were kind of cutting edge. Um, they did a lot of stuff that was way before their time. Um, and uh, the the guy who uh, the guy uh, the guy who ran EC Comics, William Gaines, he inherited the company from his father, and um, he kind of turned it into this mega corporation when all of his horror comic sales took off. And then uh, in the uh, you know they 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 kind of demonized comic books and. Um, they started having, um, you know, the small towns would have these these uh, these big comic book burnings. So that's why a lot of those comic books from that era, the golden age, are worth money. And they're mm-hmm. rare is because they a lot of them were destroyed. Okay. Um, so William Gaines would later go on to... I figured time would have uh, done that anyway. Well, that so too. Like, yeah. yeah, but even, even that makes them even more rare. Right. Um, and then later on, William Gaines, he actually, he did a Mad Magazine. So he became even more successful with Mad Magazine later on. Um, but there was a really interesting comic that they produced where they, after comics got demonized, they weren't allowed to make horror comics anymore. So they shifted over to sci-fi. So that's why you see a hard shift in comic books from, they used to have all these horror monster comics, Tales from the Crypt, mm-hmm. where there would be like decapitated women on the sure. front covers and stuff like that. Super gruesome. Yeah. Yeah. Super gruesome. And then they switched over to superheroes. But the reason why was because they had to. And the, the Comics Code Authority came in. And they started regulating comics code. Yeah, the authority. comics code authority. That and they started regu- absolutely outrageous. I know like- it is. <laughs> they started regulating everything, so they would go in and search through their comics and take out anything that they felt like needed to be taken mm-hmm. out. So one of the stories that EC Comics produced, which was really, really like powerful at its time, was about um, there were these interplanetary travelers who would go around to different planets mm-hmm. and they would decide which planets got to be part of like the intergalactic yeah, council, the federation, it's like a superior or whatever, yeah. race of mm-hmm. uh, not or superior federation of, of uh, planets. Mm-hmm. And there was one planet he went to where there was blue robots and there was red robots and they segregated. Mm-hmm. So he made the decision 
that they couldn't be part of the council because they were too primitive. Yeah, they were segregating <laughs> yeah. robots, man. The whole punch, <laughs> the whole punch of the comic was that this astronaut who was making these decisions, he's wearing his cosmic suit for the mm-hmm. entire comic. And the whole punch in the gut back in the 1950s or whenever it was produced was that at the very end of the comic for one panel, the last shot, he takes his helmet off and he's a black man. So of course, at the time in the fifties, that's like a huge thing that yeah, they that was them made this, uh, exactly. That, you know, you're following this character around, following his moral moral leadership, right? And yeah. Through this uh, through this story, where he's uh, where he's committing judgment based right. on other people for their primitive uh, outlook on the world and their segregation, and it turns out that he's black which back then people were like uh right so it was kind of like a it was kind of in the ec comics and actually really uh, marvel comics comics from the beginning mm-hmm. have always tended to be very very progressive and to push very progressive ideas mm-hmm. and so at the time that was very progressive mm-hmm. right and uh, the comics code authority was sifting through the comic and they decided that nope you got to get rid of that we mm-hmm. can't have that panel you got to get rid of the black guy and that was the first time that they published uh, william gaines published a comic without the comics code approval he said no fuck you guys i'm publishing it right. anyways and then after that they just everybody started publishing without the comics code right um but i always thought that was you know big up to big ups to william gaines i yeah. mean it's hey. very ballsy Way um, william gaines and it uh it's it's uh it's kind of interesting because it gives you guys a little insight into the history of uh comic books there's actually a really really good documentary on uh they used to air it on the history channel when i was a little kid and uh, i don't remember what it was called so uh if you guys were waiting for me to tell you what it was called I don't know. Probably um, modern but, marvels. But just look up, go on like YouTube and type in History Channel comic book documentary. It's probably modern marvels. Probably. No. And do you remember that? that yeah, I, I do remember I, that modern always marvels. Disappointed me because I wanted yeah. it to be about Marvel I know. stuff, and then Dude, I, you know, know, I, I, like, I did. Why am I learning about a back cannon in the, back for an in hour? The fucking, back in the TV guide days. Dude. Yeah, I did. I can't even count how many times I would do that. Modern Pass marvels. By, like, modern God marvels. Damn it. For sure. I'm gonna see what this is about. Yeah. Nope. So I, I did the exact same thing. Um. But no, yeah, it's a very interesting documentary where they talk about that. Um, and there's another interesting documentary. Uh, it's a Tales from the Crypt documentary uh, that's on YouTube as well, where they uh, they go into that a little bit. And it mm-hmm. gives you a really interesting background of horror comics and how they all started. And what yeah, that. that's interesting. I'll have to check that out. But yeah, the, uh, the Enemy Mind thing, that was like, it, it was less about... Um, racism and segregation as it was about like I think it was more about like world peace right like it was more about like understanding that we're more uh, we're we're more we're, we're more alike than we are different yeah and when they were able to uh, when they when these two people were forced to cohabitate with each other they, that's what they found out right over, like having to survive together and I think that's an awesome message of I actually course. really like how, can, I, how like, could anybody unless you're a fucking sociopath how can you not right. agree with that because at the end of the well, day but like most of the world fucking doesn't like there's right. a huge amount know, of the world that doesn't crazy. think that way well and because, that's crazy to me yeah at the end of the day um you know, really, at the end of the... If, if you were to take most people, most normal people, you know, everybody has the same wants and... Desires. Like, people just want to be loved. They want to feel... They want to feel included. They want to feel like they're a part of a community. Mm-hmm. They want to feel appreciated and they want to feel loved. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's crazy to me, like, when it... Like, you know, like, when you have, like, uh, f- feminists and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Okay, there's now... There's nothing wrong with believing that, 
you know, of course women deserve equal rights. Yeah. Like, duh. Sure. Duh. You have to be a fucking but dummy that, not that, to think that. All, here. But to dedicate your life to that belief and to think that men are somehow trying to hold you down mm-hmm. and it's like you need you need each other to co- well, everybody needs each other to coexist I, I, I don't remember how this this conversation went somebody told me like they were like um they were like feminism isn't about feminine superiority it's about equal rights and i said you know they have a word for that already it's right. called egalitarian. Yes. You fucking idiot. Okay, and see, like, that, that's what makes me despise it is because the... Most of them don't it's, know it's what the they're same, representing. It's the like, same to me if is if you get into feminism or if uh, racial equality, I think, all those things. I, it's, it's all kind of, to me, I, it's I, all in the same category, right? Yeah, I agree. So everybody I think, deserves equal yeah. rights, so you don't have to subcategorize yeah. it as if well, when, this one is more important than the yeah, other. exactly. I was just going to say, when you subcategorize it like that, when you go, alright, I stand for this, you know, everybody deserves equal rights rights but i stand for this it's like well then you're putting the needs of that party on a pedestal above other people and the more support that your party gets that you're fighting for support for tilts the balance in their favor yeah and i think it propagates it and it's i I don't think it actually does any good i think it actually separates them more absolutely you know that that goes without saying when you're when you're pre-categorizing and you're then you're segregating yourself. You're right. going like, we're feminists. So our decisions automatically vote towards feminist concepts. Right. It, it votes towards uh, feminist um, advantage, feminine right. advantage. And, and that – there are – situations that call for that there's like there there's right and wrong there there but to to be absolute and be and hold that position where i am this category right you know we're black panthers we're feminists we're republican republican democrat we're fucking nazis we're kkk you know whatever you are if you're solidly to one side then you're being exclusive. Yes. And you're, you're being ex- exclusionary. And it's, it's, be, it's, it's always fascinating to me how eager people are to strip themselves of their individuality. Oh, yeah. I mean, people will just jump. It's, it's strange. It's people religion, will jump man. at that, it's, it's, that opportunity. All, all those things are religions, just the same as anything else. They're things that you, you they're, they're a set of rules that were, uh, that, that you didn't necessarily agree to. But you've you've accepted them as the way that you have to live your life. You you didn't well you agreed to them, but you didn't uh, you didn't arrange them for yourself. Right. Somebody else arranged those. Another person who is not better than you, just a person, mm-hmm. decided this is how this should be. And you should listen to me. And you right. went. And you ready went to do that? And I'm going to be like everybody else in this group of people. Yeah. That's a really good point you made yeah. about people being ready to strip their individuality. Well, and there's, and of course there's, there's, there's absolutely like tons of benefit that come from, I, 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 if you were to take the, you, you can separate the good, right? You can sift through the good and the bad in those scenarios. Sure. The bad being, as we said, you know, the separation of, of one's individuality, the good being the sense of community. Uh, a lot of times when, you know, bad things happen, let's say somebody passes away, mm-hmm. like a, a good example that I like to use, I remember when I was in junior high I had a friend who uh, was Mormon and his mom died like very suddenly mm-hmm. like this it just it was like out of nowhere I remember he showed up to school one day and I was like hey how's it going man and he's like oh not so good and I was like why what's going on he's like my mom died 
I was like, what? It was just like totally like, you know, you just had no clue. And I would talk to him and just people would like be dropping by every day, visiting his family, Mm -hmm. dropping off food, like members in that community. So in that regard, they're very, very... um, You know, I think when you have that, that's a very powerful thing. Mm -hmm. But you can find that anywhere. Mm -hmm. You can find that in, I'm sure, at the fight gym that you train at. You find tons of that. At my gym that I train Mm -hmm. out of, you find tons of that. I mean, there's so many different ways you can get that without having to live by a code. Mm -hmm. Well, there's, there's, there's community is a, is a good thing. I think, uh, of course, every, every disadvantaged or disenfranchised party needs representation. Right. And like women, uh, and any, any, your choice of, of minority, ethnic groups, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, they've been oppressed historically. They've been oppressed and we are, we are catching up. Our, mm-hmm. our society's rules are catching up. At this point, I think we're getting to a place where we're we're probably about there. Uh, like as far as um, well, as far as as far as like uh, legal representation, and everything. I think right. everybody, uh, aside from individual circumstances, you know, growing up in a bad neighborhood or whatever, everybody kind of has the same shake oh yeah and you'll and you will hear i mean i know like joe rogan has had um i can't remember the name the baltimore cop that he had did you ever hear that he had a baltimore cop on his podcast who had some pretty interesting um perspective on the you know just the way that uh, minorities um uh in baltimore Mm -hmm. could be kind of screwed over by the legal system and i'm you know of course there's going to be exceptions and there's going to be various Mm -hmm. examples but uh, no i do agree with you 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 would have to i don't think anybody would disagree that it's better now yeah. than it was 50 years sure. ago and, and, and it's going to hopefully yeah. continue to make progress and, yeah and we're and we're we're working on it you know and i and i think i think that it's it's getting better but um i, I don't know I, I i just think that uh well i mean we were discussing well, the good parts of those well, of those categorized one, one, groups you know, i was actually like, already thinking about this earlier because i've uh, as we talked about in prior podcasts i'm a big pro wrestling fan mm-hmm. and they had a uh, they had an event that they were running today in saudi arabia called the greatest royal rumble okay and uh it's a 50-man royal rumble jesus yeah yeah <laughs> which i don't yeah i don't know i don't They're know how to make that. sense of that um but a uh, 50-man royal rumble and but because it's taking place in saudi arabia uh, none of the female pro- performers are allowed to perform. So there will okay. be no female wrestlers on sure. this uh, program. And um, it's like, it's really hard for me. Like, there's that part of me that wants to be like, well, you know, every culture kind of has their own way of doing yeah. things and it's just a different place. But then there's a part of me that wants to be like, fuck that. Like, fuck them. That's shitty culture. There's a part of me that it wants is, to think it, that. It, it is. It is. In, and I'm it, sure like, it's far more complex and far more. No, no, no. You know, I, but I, I agree with you. And I, I get what you're saying. And uh, I, I I think I'm more inclined to be like, it's not our fucking business to change right. anybody else's culture. Yeah. Uh, that's my, my view on it. That is their culture. I think it's a shitty culture and I don't agree with it. Yeah. But it's also their culture. Yeah. I yeah. can't walk into your house and be like, and Hey be man, like, that's yeah. a stupid fucking rug and yeah. try to take that rug out of you. Like that's a dumb poster that you right. have up there. I don't <laughs> like that poster. <laughs> Can you imagine the rock like, goes in hey, there? Asshole. Hey, why don't me, you have a let TV? Me, let me tell you something, Saudi Arabia, you jabronis won't let these female wrestlers in here. <laughs> 
this culture sucks. <laughs> and he just cuts a scathing promo on yeah. Saudi Arabia. Oh, man. And, uh, they'd probably love it. they boo uh, him out no, of the they'd building. they kill him. <laughs> oh, man. That yeah, would be hilarious. Um, that would be awesome. But, yeah, it's just like when it comes down to it, um, we're not – we. We are talking about uh, we're talking about prejudice and bias. We're talking about uh, people who are not getting to live life the way they may want to, the way they cho- they may well, they may live it if it was up to them. Right. Uh, well, and but, I and I guess in regards to like a, you know just using Saudi Arabian culture as an example, like I haven't looked into it too deeply. I don't know if you were to talk to an interview some of the women who live over there they might not feel that way they might disagree with me and they might say you know what i have a good life i like it over here Mm -hmm. like i like the way things are i don't know you hear different things Uh, i think a lot of them i'm sure there's varying examples across the board but because because i'm clearly an expert on this (laughs) i uh no but i mean like of of the things i've heard i've I've taken some anthropology classes i've heard like some i I, I actually have a uh, saudi arabian woman uh knitting group that i meet with uh every monday night and we talk about this in great detail i I occasionally visit saudi arabia and i i sit with the women (laughs) we talk we talk we chat Um, i got a few ladies who are friends over there but no no i i i've heard some like interviews and stuff and like you know yeah and honestly uh, the big problem with that is like, can they really say what they want to say? Well, yeah, like, and that's, are, that's, is it that's, really safe yes, for them to say That's another thing I was going to get back to uh, and say is like, well, but, if they don't know any, if they don't have yeah. the opportunity to experience yeah. anything different, it's, then it's, yeah, it's, that's not even what I mean. I mean, uh, can they safely right. say what they really want to say? Make like, that, they yeah, don't really yeah. have the the option to to be like. Give me the hell out of here. This place is a prison. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. But then also, they that is the culture that they were raised in. That's what life is like for them. And maybe they're, they're just like, yeah, this is what it is. Like, I hear people talk about, like, um, banning burkas. Like, I hear those fucking, like, fucking hipsters are always talking about, oh, they're burkas, burkas. It's, it's a, you know, it's dehumanizing and everything. And then you hear women uh, from, from Muslim countries talk about they're like uh this is our religion right this they is what they we don't believe like that at like, all. i have seen that same yeah, thing that like, you're talking about yeah, yeah don't tell me that i can't wear this i'm wearing this because this is what i believe like right. a lot of you'll hear them talk and say no by my religion by what i believe yeah i am my husband's property just like that's it's my belief. no different than like, a, a a jewish man wearing a yarmulke yeah or, right you know a, a christian guy wearing a cross it's the right. same it's just symbolism it's symbolism and it's it's not just part of their culture. I mean, it's it's part of their religion, and it's not all of them follow it so strictly. You don't always see like there's plenty of, of people who practice uh, Muslim the Muslim religion. Yeah, here in California, right in this probably in this in this neighborhood, there's right. you know got to be some, and they you don't see them walking around in burqas because not everybody is. Uh, is a strict Islamist. Right, right. And, well, you know, uh, I, I did see a guy one time, just a little um, off subject, but I did see a guy one time at the gym. Just, I, I don't know why I thought this was funny. Maybe I shouldn't have thought it was funny. I shouldn't even be admitting this, but he was wearing a yarmulke. He was just like this like scrawny dude wearing a yarmulke and he was squatting. Uh-huh. And I don't know why I just I was just sitting there on the bench and I just started cackling. I was like 19 at the time and I just started cackling and just it looked like a cartoon. Yeah, just this, this little, guy, this just little, this little guy with his yarmulke squatting. It just scrawny looked, yarmulke. Dude. I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure even in uh, if there was another Jewish man sitting next mm-hmm. to me, he would have been like, "Hey, 
see this guy's yarmulke over here squatting looks a little silly right <laughs> like, I, mean, I think anybody would have laughed at that yarmulke. i don't think it was any way offensive that i thought this was funny i i i, I agree I, I think like there's there's odd times and places for things like that i um we have this guy who comes into my work and uh, i didn't know he was a regular until like the other day like i just keep seeing him and the only reason why i recognize him is because he's this old dude probably like his late 50s to mid 60s i don't I'm, that's a i know that's a broad yeah you know yeah but like you know he's like 50s to 60s he's pretty old and he has that like play-doh body thing and he always is in there i work at a fucking restaurant i don't work at like you know i don't work at at like a fast food place so we're gonna sit down restaurant with like a cocktail area hosts and everything and this guy is in there in his fucking bike gear, like mm-hmm. his skin tight, like, you know, um, goofy looking bike. And gear. I just think like, it's so funny to me how some people just can't dress appropriately. for things. <laughs> it's like, Well, like, bike gear is inherently just like, they can't come up with a new style. No. Well, I, I just telling, mean like, all I'm saying is like, you're going to go to a restaurant. Can you put some fucking pants on and a shirt? Yeah. Like a fucking normal adult. You know, you I, knew you were going to a restaurant. It's not like you fucking biked here, man. Was, You've got, you're with someone who is wearing normal clothes. I, I, I was telling Ariana the other day that, uh, you know, I've always thought the idea of getting into biking seemed kind of fun. You know, you get together with your buds, you go on a long, however many mile ride, make a day out of it, you know, have a nice little time. Um, but I don't want to look like an asshole. I don't right. want to look like an idiot wearing spandex. I mean, I wear it's spandex, always like spandex anyways, short but I have some shorts like, over the top yeah. of them, all right? Don't, I already know what some I, of you I assholes wear, out there are yeah. thinking, wait, Matt wears spandex. Hey, I wear shorts over my spandex, so you can't see my big old dangling flopping all around. <laughs> hey, nah. I, uh, or lack thereof. Whatever it is. You can't see <laughs> Whatever it. Whatever deformed <laughs> alien pod I have between my legs. <laughs> Uh, the creature from the black spandex Um, it it's uh, I I wear like rash guards and under armor and shit when I train and stuff it's like it's just comfortable to work out in but like yeah I'll wear like I'm not gonna go walk into a restaurant and like you know what it reminds me of is um fucking hanging out in public places with fucking Matt Painter who like would just wear (laughs) his fucking fight shorts everywhere. Everywhere. It was like, go pick him up and he would just like, I remember one time we picked him up and he was like wearing his fight shorts and he was like, I don't know, he was like doing some work at the house. Yeah. And he was, yeah. He's like, Oh, can we go back to the house? I gotta go change. And I was, and we we're like, yeah, for sure. And so we take him back to the house, and he changed into another pair of <laughs> fight like, shorts. These are my formal fight shorts. <laughs> these are my formal, uh, my tuxedo fight shorts. <laughs> my, if my, I'm going to a wedding, my tuxedo <laughs> fight shorts. These like, are Gucci fight shorts. All right, my Gucci sandals. Like, yeah, I was like, first of all, I don't know how many of you people like out there have worn fight shorts that are listening to this. They are uh, they are form function. Yeah, they're not comfortable no. to wear. Like they're, they're, they're like tight. Really, yeah. They're like really uncomfortable yeah. board shorts. Yeah, they're they're like tight around the waist because you don't want them to move around, and they yeah. uh, they are pretty tough fabric. Yeah. Um, so they're just generally they're not that comfortable to wear. Yeah. Uh, 
but you wear them when you're doing fight stuff because they're appropriate for that and right. they're, they're they're designed for that. Yeah. And then if you're gonna go get a sandwich at the fucking sandwich spot, you put pants hey. on like an adult. I think I just thought of a new business idea: sandwich shorts. <laughs> like fight shorts these are my sandwich eating shorts alright I plan on getting stuff I'm gonna be a little bloated I need hey, some man. sandwich eating shorts I'm gonna have I'm, I'm gonna have a, a high a high gluten intake today you, I'm gonna be all a little... you can have a line of food shorts pizza Different. shorts pasta shorts sandwich shorts so I just like the sound of sandwich shorts. <laughs> Salad shorts. This I is, would, is a very nice sounding, huh? It rolls off the Lobster time. shorts. Lobster shorts. There I would I would buy a pair of lobster shorts, and I would probably would buy I. a pair of sandwich shorts. Yeah. Except I don't even, if you had, like, a white pair of lobster shorts, they would very quickly uh, <laughs> look like you urinated yourself because they would just be slathered in butter. And you just Why would you like get you. white lobster shorts? That wouldn't even make sense. <laughs> I, you, I think in my head... Your, your shorts have to be uh, color appropriate in, in for my what you're going to be eating. In my lobster shorts, I pictured them as white because, uh, you know, the bib. You wear yeah. the, the, the crab sure. bib or the lobster bib. It's always white. So I pictured yeah. them as white. The, uh, <laughs> That's a good the, point. Why in the fuck would you <laughs> white lobster shorts? Why would you have white shorts or anything, really, if you think about it? They're going to get dirty well, as fuck. As, uh, as as Nick always says, if you if you wear white shorts or pants, you do anal. So it's... it's That, that, that is a fact. That's, that, uh, that, that, uh, that one's on the books. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had... Yeah, I don't that's think a I've ever had a white pair of shorts. Right there. Uh, mm. But yeah, it's a uh, it that it, it's a declaration. They're like this yeah. asshole is open to visitors. That's <laughs> <laughs> open for biz. <laughs> oh man, that um, is funny. Yeah, but anyway, we got we got way out there for a little while. Indeed, like, we, we did. Where yeah. are we at on time? How are we looking here? Uh, we are at one fifty one. So, I mean. Uh, if you want to, if you want to cut this, make it a little shorter than the other ones. We stop it at about two, or we can uh, keep going. I do I, have to take a leak. I'm down to keep going, but I gotta yeah. drain sure, the Sure, man. Day. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look over my notes and see anything I, I wanted to talk about. Well, once again, I'm left alone with you people. I've got Matt Lovato taking a goddamn bathroom break, like, like he's on fucking vacation right now. This is business. This is work. We're trying to trying to make something for you people. You don't even care. You just sit there listening. No, I really appreciate you guys actually. I don't mean it. You know I love you. We are having a good time here. Where are all my notes? Oh. So this is a good time to uh, to plug ourselves once again. Um, my Instagram, Bone Catron. Matt's Instagram, ML underscore Intrinsic Resistance or Matt Reviews Media. Send us a message. Let us know what you think about what's going on in here. Leave us a comment uh, under the video. Keep us posted on uh, some some content that you want to hear about. Like you know, if we if we keep talking about the same shit too much and you guys aren't that into it, let us fucking know, man. Yeah. If, like, if, if you guys have heard enough about lobster eating shorts, <laughs> I uh, you know, it's weird how you can just wake up one day and something that you would have never known existed prior to that day exists. I now know what lobster eating shorts are, and I never knew. 
I still don't know what they are. I actually don't think it does exist. I, I think I've pictured them when I imagine them in my head. Them? They're white spandex. White spandex. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. White. Uh, yeah. So now they we've we've gone official that they're white. They're white yeah. now. That's yeah. All right. Absolutely. Um. So I saw. Uh, I was just looking through my notes here and mm-hmm. looking at some things that uh, I, I've I've watched recently, and uh, I got a pretty interesting one. Um, I watched a really low budget horror movie the other day, mm-hmm. and usually I, I turn those off. I have a I have a whole rating system on right. where it's like made in a garage, uh, all gay cast, um, <laughs> C movie, you know, B movie. You know, it's sort of like. Uh, I, I I can't even like think. We, me and my sister have like them all categorized, but um, filmed on an iPhone. That's one of them. Uh, so this one was like really low budget. Usually when they're this low budget, I won't even give them a give them a shot. I'll start the movie and I'll just be like, mm, I don't like looking at this. So this was a 2017 movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it literally looked, and I'm I'm not exaggerating this. It looked like uh, it was filmed with 70s camera equipment. Okay. The the overall quality of the like the sound system and everything. But it just had like good quality brutality and good uh, good like it had a good level of action and the the actual gore effects they weren't like studio level but they were like good for how low budget it was yeah you know it was yeah. good enough to watch it and just be like in the movie and it's just there's something like there's this fine line you walk when you when you watch uh, independent horror movies like this it's like this is so close to being unwatchably shitty and it's just teetering on that edge and I think I feel like this one was good enough to watch and it you know what definitely it called it was called Terrifier. I know, right off the bat. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, Terrifier. All I know, right. right off the bat. I didn't even, like, I just, like, what I what I saw was the, um, I saw the face of the clown that's uh, hunting uh, these girls. You know, I have seen, I've never seen Terrifier, uh-huh. but I have seen this, um, this particular, like, the case, the yeah, movie I've seen, image. Yeah, I've seen that yeah. before, the movie image. Yeah, I, I just passed by it, and, um... The the effects were the effects were fair. They were they were. It, it was almost like uh, that like that hobo with a shotgun level. Like okay, yeah, yeah. yeah like, no, I actually uh, yeah. Hobo, you know what? And hey, I'm I just pulled up Terrifier on Rotten Tomatoes. Probably made by eighty percent. Eighty percent, really? Yeah, that very, good. Very favorable reviews. Yeah. So, um, um, that's the thing is like I give it a pretty decent review. Uh, I I would say if you like watching horror movies, you want to see something different uh, than what's in coming out to theaters. Like this is a good, um, this is a good ride. It's it's got a good amount. Okay, but now I recognize why I've seen this character Mm. before. Uh, Under movie info, it says based on a character from the cult anthology All Hallows Eve. The gory '80s slasher throwback takes place on Halloween night as the demented. Art the clown yeah, sets Art his sights clown, on terrorizing two girls and anyone else who gets in his way. So that's why that clown yeah. looked familiar. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a uh, right at the beginning of the movie, uh, they have like a, I guess it's a flash forward or whatever, and then they're showing this interview with a girl who is a survivor of the massacre or whatever, and she's just got like no face. 
Yeah, All Hallows Eve actually doesn't even have that. Must have been very. Um, it does because it doesn't even have a. Uh, it doesn't have a uh, Rotten Tomatoes score, does it? Hmm. No, so it must be very um, like super underground. Because I remember, I think I almost want to say that my brother tried to show me All Hallows Eve. Or he I, did show me it, I but I'm not like, sure. Yeah, I feel like I may have come across it. I don't know if I ever watched that one or not, but... Okay. So, Terrifier. And actually, it does look pretty scary just from the, uh, the, the images that yeah, I pulled up from it. Don't get too excited. <laughs> like, okay. It's, it's not right. like... Uh, I think I think eighty uh, percent of Rotten Tomatoes is a that is a liberal scoring. I think they are accounting for the fact that it's a very low budget. They did not have uh, quality acting mm. by any standards. It was it wasn't for for that low budget of a movie. It wasn't like super horrible acting like you would expect. But it was definitely like you could tell these were not professional or likely even paid actors. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or likely, they made no money. No, they probably like uh, legit. They probably got. Uh, they probably got um, craft services or sandwiches. <laughs> I should say. They're, they're uh, talking to the the, the main they, actress is trying to renegotiate her salary, and to, uh, the, the director she's like, "Look, I want a hundred thousand. I expect my own uh, trailer. I want my own makeup. I need a wardrobe." And the director's like. Yeah, I'm going to give you a sandwich. Uh, we've got really good catering. That's all you're going to get. And I'm going to give you a pair of sandwich shorts to eat it in. <laughs> I'll give you some lobster shorts. So like, actually, lobster shorts are a little too nice because yeah. you ain't getting lobster instead of terrifier or terrorizer. <laughs> whatever it's called. You're getting sandwich shorts, not lobster shorts. Yeah. Um, um, I was going to say, a couple of the girls in it were actually pretty hot. They were like, really? they're, they're, like two, of the, two of the characters were like... Better looking than I would think that movie could afford. Uh, this movie looks very similar to me to a uh, thing that I stumbled upon recently on a joke website. Okay. Um, have you ever heard of, and I'm sure uh, any of our younger viewers, you may want to turn out, tune out at this point, or any of our more sensitive viewers, uh, have you ever heard of clown porn? <laughs> now I'm not talking about just like some goofy Ronald McDonald looking clown in a porno movie, like scary um, clown porn or what? Very scary. Jesus like I'm talking Christ. like probably Terrifier level budget, but with a pornographic that, film. That sounds um, like. Uh, I mean, I I have obviously heard the words clown porn before. This is a little different. This not, is kind of like I've they never, full blown. They took a, a it's like a horror movie, okay. but it's a pornographic film. And sure. uh, it's pretty scary. It's really unsettling. It I don't sure know. sounds it's like, like it, it would be it unsettling. Is. It's very yeah. unsettling. It's uh, I don't even recommend that any of you out there watch it. I mean, if mm. you're curious, you might want to take a gander. But uh, it would really, really gross me out. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a tough yeah, and, and, and I'm not ta- like I said, not Ronald McDonald clowns. Yeah. Like they look like this clown from Terrifier. Yeah, like, go ahead and Google. Uh, go ahead and Google Terrifier. Uh, yeah. Have a look at Art the Clown. Like it's a pretty scary looking clown. Like yes, I, I know better than to uh, put a movie on just based on the cover. I've had that trick happen to me many <laughs> times where it's like, damn, that looks scary as shit. Well, the whole budget went into the cover. Uh, this one, he yeah, he is, a, is man. I'm looking at some of these. Uh, I just googled some foot. Man, he is very scary yeah, it's looking. A good, it's a good, solid, scary clown, and he wow. is active. It's not. It's not one of those horror movies that leaves you like in suspense. There's a good amount of, of gore and action to uh, to to enjoy past the time. 
This, yeah, and I think this is definitely, if my brother's listening right now, he's probably screaming at the uh, podcast, because I think this is definitely, I think All Hallows' Eve was what he showed me, mm-hmm. um, that I had Art the Clown in it. Wow. Sure, sure. Very interesting. Um, and it was, All Hallows' Eve apparently was an anthology, so it's kind of like a uh, Tales from the Crypt, creep show type okay. format. I mean, it's old or what? It was from the... What did you say? All Hallows Eve was released in uh, 2013, I oh, think. Oh, okay. So it's it's Fairly not. recent. Oh. Oh, well, that's yeah. weird. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought it was saying that it was... Um, Art, well, All Hallows Eve was released recently, but Terrifier is from 2017. Right. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Is I thought I thought uh, All Hallows Eve, like, because it said it was like it was uh, referencing All Hallows Eve, like it was a classic movie or something. Uh, anyway, what I was going to say about the appearance of Art the Clown it reminds me of a couple um, couple interesting uh, videos on YouTube. There is a pretty good community of scary short films on YouTube, uh, like real short films. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, one of my favorite ones, uh, it's only like a couple minutes long. Um, if you guys want to see something like cleverly scary check out bedfellows on uh on youtube that's a that's a neat little little short video bedfellows um, yeah oh yeah it comes up it's only like two and a half minutes yeah. you gonna oh. watch it real quick get a, yeah. get a reaction all right yeah. matt's gonna watch bedfellows bedfellows here it does look uh yeah. you can watch it with the sound it doesn't matter okay. right. <laughs> let's see here so we're opening up bedfellows mm-hmm. I usually find things like this on Reddit. Reddit's a good source of stuff like yeah, Reddit, this. Reddit, from what I'm told, has a lot of really creepy little... If you, if that's what you're looking at, sure. That's what you'll find. Yeah. Did you ever see the documentary on the guy who invented Reddit? No. It's called The Internet's Own Boy. Any of you guys out there are interested, check it out. Mm-hmm. So we just... Bedfellows just began. Got a woman laying in bed. Very dimly lit room. Can hear crickets chirping outside. Pictures of her and her husband or boyfriend. I think her husband. Whatever they are, their faces are next to each other. Yeah, her phone is ringing. She looks uh, quite annoyed that somebody would be calling her at this hour. Why would someone be calling? Disturb her slumber. Now she's asking Dan her significant other to hand her her phone. Dan doesn't want to wake up. She's now answered the phone. Oh my God. All right, now I have to pause it here. Because this already in itself is very scary. Awesome, right? (laughs) She's trying to wake up Dan. So Dan will answer her phone and she's pushing on Dan. She's like, Dan, answer the phone. She reaches over Dan to grab her phone, but Dan is covered by blankets. And then it's Dan calling. And he says, babe, I'm sorry. So she's sleeping next to a stranger. And it's dawned on her. She's now realizing that. She's now realizing. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, man. This is like a really creepy looking demon. Yeah. Kind of like the white face, the demon face from The Exorcist. Oh, now she's reaching over to see what it is. She doesn't know what it is. And it's like smiling. Oh. 
That's cool, Man, huh? Yeah, yeah. I uh, highly recommend that, guys. It was like a minute and a half long, and uh, just like a little short movie called Bedfellows. But man, if you uh, if you like scary stuff, like yeah, that's, or if that's, you don't like scary yeah. stuff, I wouldn't recommend it because that's that is very that's scary. a real scary minute right there. <laughs> there you go. Well, like, that that just provides you with an example of how utilizing certain techniques how uh kind of easy it is to scare mm-hmm. people you know sure. you don't have to it's almost like i think when it comes to uh legitimate scary scenes in movies it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with halloween like more is less mm-hmm. you know when you less is more less is more yeah when right. you give somebody a big machine of a man like jason Voorhees just hunting everybody down it's more fun not it's fun, scary not so much scary this uh, is scary because well, this you can see what she can, yeah. and you're just waiting. It's that's that suspense factor. But it only really becomes scary when you realize with her that that's not her. Right. Her yeah. It lets you feel the fear. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't force the fear on you. It puts you in that situation with her. And, yes. And this is this is done in a minute. Right. On like on probably a zero dollar budget. Like yeah. that couldn't have cost anything to make. No. No. Um, and. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a really good example of uh, of using good storytelling to be frightening. Absolutely, very uh, very uh, effective. Mm-hmm. Yes. Less is more. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of uh, there's another good one. Um, I can't remember what it's fucking called. It's this one uh, where this kid is uh, is like following. Um, He's like following some candies in the, like he's following candies and there's like someone in the house that's like leaving them mm-hmm. and it ends up being this like deranged maniac, but I can't fucking remember what it's called. Did you ever see a uh, campfire tales? No, it was like a nineties. Uh, that was an anthology movie and there was a really creepy sub story within that movie where, um, there's like a little girl and, uh, She's like like twelve years old or something like that, and um, there, there's kind of a similar scene to where there's like this creepy kind of I don't know I think he's like a pedophile or something mm-hmm. hiding under her hiding under her bed with mm-hmm. a pair of uh, bush cutters or something. Yeah, but I didn't do a very good job <laughs> describing it. <laughs> talking about a creepy I, pedophile I with bush cutters. I, I, I didn't do a great uh, job of describing the other one either. Uh, like, hey guys, I can see it in my head. Uh, but when I, I was nine years old, it was very scary. Right. I don't know if it still holds up. Probably not. But uh, you know, hey, you might want to you might want to check it out. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I was watching uh, I was watching John Wick two the other day and. Uh, this is this is just a yeah, this is a total like left turn because I just saw this in my notes actually but I don't know this is a funny thing to point out I was watching John Wick 2 the other day and uh, there's a there's a close up on Common's face at one point mm-hmm. so you remember he's in that yeah yeah uh, you ever realize uh, how much he looks like a young Morgan Freeman <laughs> Common Morgan Freeman get, get a close up look at his face let me trip you out. yeah let me pull up you know at least the the expression he was making on this scene I looked at him and was like Jesus Christ he just looks like Morgan Freeman just, I'm gonna google a picture of a young Morgan Freeman cause Morgan Freeman is one of those guys who he really kinda hit it big when he was older mm-hmm. so you're just used to seeing him as an older dude sure yeah 
Yeah, he kind of does, but it has to be <laughs> the right angle. The right yeah. angle, yeah, because there's certain angles on here. The, where... I just thought it was a funny thing to realize. Like, I'm suddenly I'm I'm seeing <laughs> he does. No, there's some resemblance there, but it's weird because Morgan Freeman is one of those guys who, even as a young man, looks very old. Right. Well, I'm sure he didn't look like an actual young Morgan Freeman. He looked like Morgan Freeman if you just took that face and made it look younger. Right. You know how that's not always the same thing? Like this yeah. one right here. This is the right angle. Right. Yeah. That's a lot like... Like if, if he had a more narrow nose, yes. Coleman doesn't have that, that wide of a nose. No. Yeah. There's definitely some similar uh, But I saw like the spots there. on his face and stuff and like, you know, the shape, yeah. of his, shape of his head and everything. I was like, it looks like Morgan Freeman. He's got those freckles going. Yeah. I can see that. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> All right, well, you want to uh, keep going with it, or you got any uh, any stuff you you want to talk about? Anything you uh, anything uh, we didn't touch on? Anything you've uh, no, been watching we, lately? Not necessarily. I think we had a nice yeah. little uh, wide range of topics there. Kind of yeah. touched on everything. Well, are we still going to uh, be able to? Uh, I know we we were talking about this uh, before we. Uh, before we met up today, uh, Wyatt might be in town tomorrow, and we're yes. gonna. Yeah, so. I talked to him earlier. I was, um, and he, I think we're gonna do it. Um, okay, but yeah, we were. Uh, I'm gonna be available. I'm gonna be here most of the day tomorrow, so Sweet. we can definitely find a time where we're all we're yeah. all around. And yeah. uh, if he has his uh, his podcast equipment, you told him to bring his stuff, so we could uh, probably do a little better with the recording. Um, Wyatt, I'm really looking forward to getting into talking about some some hip hop stuff. Yes, with, uh, with very much own. so. Yeah, he's a he's a performer. Mm-hmm. He's a podcaster as well. Mm-hmm. He's a you know he's a content provider. A uh, lot of cool stuff we can get into uh, with with Wyatt. <clears throat> Indeed. All right. Yeah, a lot of good stories. So we'll uh, we're gonna kind of swerve you guys a little bit, switch things up, and uh, have our first official guest. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Riot Craig, indeed, is gonna be gonna be joining the Back and Bone show. <laughs> back and Bone three, back for more. <laughs> All right, thanks again for joining us, everyone. It's been a pleasure having you, and don't don't forget to leave a comment, a like, a share. It don't cost you a damn thing, and uh, visit us. On our social media, Bone Catron. If you don't like, comment, or share, you basically don't have a soul. Uh, Bone Catron, uh, ML underscore Intrinsic Resistance for my fitness page. Matt Reviews Media for my uh, media review page. And remember, we're not just interested in positive feedback we want to hear everything you guys have to say yeah uh if you didn't make it through this podcast you probably wouldn't be hearing me talk right now so this message is not for you (laughs) but (laughs) for those of you that tuned out earlier that can't hear this uh fuck you man no (laughs) no but seriously uh if you made it through this you're hearing this message right now uh let us know what about our opinions and perspectives uh annoy you and what you disagree with. I know we got a little controversial there earlier. We didn't really uh, 
dig too deep into those uh, those subjects. So I'm sure there's a lot of speculation about our, our viewpoints at this yeah. <laughs> at this juncture. But uh, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Come at me.